All right, welcome back to another year of What Do You Think About This? I'm your host, Anthony. With me is Jaden. How are you doing, Jaden? I'm all right. I'm all right, yeah. How yeah, it's been... Yeah, it's been a bit. Uh, our last episode was House of the Dragon. It's doing numbers, apparently. Um, we didn't. We should have we done have a follow-up. No yeah, we should have probably done an end-of-season video or an uh, end-of-season podcast, sorry, and follow-up, but we didn't. The problem is that, like, I don't think we that we can justify the time, and yeah. we don't probably don't have enough new thoughts whenever a season ends to make a whole new episode. Yeah. So it, I think probably in the future, maybe we should just wait until all these shows are over. And then we'll yeah, I, I, I think that's going to be a new just flat rule of if we're not doing week by week, like kind of discussions about shows, then we need to wait until they finish to talk about them. Yeah. Because we, we keep doing this. Uh, we keep um, talking about shows before they're finished. I think the only time we didn't do that was The Boys and Peacemaker. We actually managed to not fuck up that one <laughs> yeah and that was the right call like we had a lot to say talk, you could talk about the whole season and you yeah also need to like have pointless speculation about what's gonna happen will peacemaker episodes. do a dab Ooh. yeah and it doesn't become like outdated immediately because like by the time yeah. you upload the video like wait there's a bunch of new episodes that are already out yeah like the next episode immediately contradicts all your thoughts like well fuck me right yeah um but this time we're gonna do Something we've kind of done before, but uh, this one will be a lot more structured than the last time it's we did It's not that much more structured, but yeah. It, it's definitely more structured because the last one I think we literally just like pulled out Wikipedia or something and just went through a list of movies we'd seen. And just went, yeah, that was good, that was bad, whatever. Um, this will definitely be a more... You know, not a list, but um, this is our combined sort of top ten movies... That we saw yeah. from 2020? Be- best movies from 2020. That was a while ago. Oh, yeah. Sorry. 2022. <laughs> Jesus. Co- I- I COVID do time lasts forever now. Oh, bro. It really does time is forever. Time is a Mobius, a Morbius strip, if you will. Because uh, that was that was clearly made, our favorite movie. Because it, it was the most Morbius movie of the, of the last it, decade. It was definitely Morbin time all around the world. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I, I, I haven't even seen it as a joke, just because it... Oh, looked... I thought... Oh, no, no, you just read, like, all the post-credit scenes and shit. No, right? I, like, spoiled myself on the post-credit. I haven't actually yeah. seen the post-credit. I just spoiled myself on it because it sounded... Because who I, gives I, a shit? I, I didn't... I wasn't going to watch the movie. I still won't no. watch the movie, I don't think, because it just... No, I... Every... I, I... Everyone, said it, a... everyone said it was bad, and they didn't even say it was funny, so what's the point? No, yeah, it's not... Apparently it's not funny bad, it's, like, boring bad. Or something like that. So it's like, yeah, no, not not worth my time. I'm already consuming enough bad superhero media without like something that I actually don't care about. Yeah, uh, we'll have more to talk about that in a future episode. In a future episode <laughs> where we're like, man, Marvel, what ha- what happened? Yeah, <laughs> but not should, now. Should definitely we... do that. But yeah, this this episode is to talk about you know good movies for once because mm. honestly, we talk too much about bad things. I or think. mediocre things as yeah. well, <laughs> but yeah, this will this will be a celebration of last year, which was a pretty fucking good year for like I, I, film. I thought it was a great year because I was actually yeah. looking at my list and trying to compare it to my list from previous years. And mm. I mean, mind you, these were kind of COVID affected years, but I mean, my twenty twenty two list I thought was a lot better than my list of favorite movies in 2020, 2021. Mm. I was like. I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel, especially in 2020, trying to come up with, like, what was my 10th favorite movie that year? I'm like... 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's not even a good movie, my 10th favorite, like... No, exactly, whereas this year, like, you were literally changing your list up to, like, a week ago. (laughs) I've changed my list a little bit, like, every week, probably. Like, I think, like, altogether, um, if I made, like, a list of, like, my top 10 and honorable mentions, um, it would probably be, like, 16, 17 deep. Um, there's a lot of movies that, like, are really good, they just didn't make the cut. Um, some of them are, are on your list as well, so we'll end up talking yeah, about yeah. them anyway. So it's kind of just like a combined top ten list, but um, it's not really in an order because I didn't really want to bother doing it in order. So yeah, I have I've got fourteen. We all together combined, we have fourteen movies on this list. Uh, I've given each of them a number, so I'm literally just gonna roll the number and see what we get. Um, what will be the lucky first one? Lucky number you one. Just, you wanna just head straight into it? Yep, let's just jump into it. Alright, good choice. Number th- number three on the list oh. is uh, The Batman. Oh! But I... we've already talked about The Batman, that's the thing. Yeah, we, we can't, we probably won't spend too much time on this one because we have talked about it, but. I just watched it again yesterday. Fuck, this movie's good. <laughs> Was there any reason why you wanted to rewatch it yesterday? Uh, my wife hadn't seen it yet. Um, and she was curious because she loves um, the Nolan trilogy. Yeah. Um, and she, she'd heard what I was saying, like how I was gushing about this movie. She's like, I want to check it out, see why you like it so much. And she agrees, like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good movie. <laughs> It, it's, it's a just, very good Batman movie. It's too. just an awesome Batman movie. Like, it, yeah. obviously, you can look at it um, in terms of like a Batman movie. It, it does. It's probably the closest thing to the comics that that's ever mm. been put on screen. Um, it's the closest thing to the animated series as well, which um, yeah, you would probably 100%. know more more about. Um, yeah, it just has such distinct style. Um, they put so much focus on Batman as a character, and, and yeah, you know, less on Bruce Wayne, but that's that's on purpose, and I think it's fine for the movie for how the movie works mm. um yeah it's just super stylish great action like every character is just really well performed and really interesting oh yeah um yeah it's, it's it is a movie that even though it came out pretty early in last year in 2022 um it definitely was something that i thought about here and there and i think it's yeah. i think it's easily the best superhero film of of 2022 i I, that is not even a contest yeah i I don't think anything came close and spoiler alert there's no other um yeah superhero comic book films on a list yeah looking at my like pretty sure what what would be the next best it would probably be like it's black it's definitely black panther and And even then like i liked that movie it's not in my top 10 yeah like that's a pretty good a film i didn't like it as much as the first one um Mm -hmm. but yeah it it wouldn't have made my list i don't think in any year no Uh, the batman yeah. Yeah. The Batman is a genuinely great film, I think. Like one of the best like superhero films that that has been yeah. made ever. Um Well, cuz it's it's not it like it is a superhero movie. I'm not going to be one of those guys like it's not a superhero movie, but it it does feel a bit more like a sort of neo-noir detective yeah, film. Yeah, it's a detective in a lot thr- of ways. It, it is a detective thriller. Like like um Matt Reeves the director really wasn't exaggerating when he said, oh, I'm making this a detective film. Like, it is. Like, yeah. he spends, like, 90% of the film trying to, like, look up evidence, solve clues, you know, think about riddles, try to solve riddles, like... Mm. And, you know, there there's elements of that in other Batman films, but it's never been done to this, you know, extent. He, he made a really Absolutely. interesting, um, creative film within the boundaries of this genre, and I think it's one that we're going to remember for quite a while. 
Yeah, it's it's so everything about it I think just stands out so much from other versions like just the visuals alone because the only other because obviously there's Burton's Batman which was very comic booky in a different way and then there's Nolan's which was going for as much realism I think as you could o- almost with almost too realistic where like yeah. especially in like the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises it's like Gotham is just Chicago. It has it doesn't really have its own soul and personality. Um, yeah, and and you can't say that about Gotham in the Batman. It like no, it, it's it like is... constantly raining. It's this kind of neon nightmare. Yeah, it, it has so much person. And during the day, it's just so gloomy and gray. And like yeah. you know, <laughs> I can't remember who said this, but it's something like somebody made like um in a review comment about like the gargoyles. Like this is the kind of world where like the gargoyles are on like the outside of the mansion um yeah like just everywhere like that kind of aesthetic that gothic aesthetic well because yeah that that was the thing i was discussing with my wife because she brought up where she said this is just a dark gloomy kind of grim film and it, it really is it's the and i i guess this is something that i just because again i fucking love this movie it's something i really love about this version of batman it does lean into the whole idea of again He's an, he's this figure of justice of vengeance, but he is there is the hope at the end of the at the end of the film, which is the whole story arc that Bruce goes through. Is he realizes that his way of doing things created this danger, this huge horrible thing that happened to Gotham. So now he needs to act as the symbol of hope to help people come out and, in a way, kind of rise up from the ashes so to speak to be make a better gotham not through fear but through hope yeah it's a surprisingly positive film like you know when you look at how dark it is and especially when you compare it to other kind of batman media that takes a very cynical approach to it because that leans into the aesthetic um what kind of what you know the character for but yeah as you said like it actually has a really good message it has a really strong um positive message in the end about how batman should act you know not as a symbol of fear but as a symbol of hope for people which he's not been acting like you know throughout the entire film it's good that they're self-aware about that because i feel like another director another filmmaker they do the exact same movie but then they're just like no it's it's good that he's doing everything that he's doing that's what batman should be and that's not the the point at all when you really snyder what yeah i'm I'm not yeah pretty much what pretty much you know you can name name drop the movie that's that's pretty much i feel bad because well, I don't feel bad, but he was going for something. It's just, it's so fundamentally opposed to what I think Batman should be. He, that he, I just, he, leaned I too, he leaned too far into the darkness for the point, for the sake of it. And I don't mm. think he understands the character. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, but anyway, I think we've talked about Batman. We've talked about a whole yeah, we, episode on we, it. There's a whole, I think, nearly three-hour episode yeah, about two, our thoughts two, on the Batman. two-plus-hour episode. You can check yep. it out. We, Good friend of that. the podcast. Um, Zach is on that episode, I believe, so check that one out. Yeah, great we have episode. a really great discussion on that. All right, next mm. one. What is the next number? Okay, coincidence. Uh, we're going from number three to number two on my list. Oh. Um, so uh, this is a movie on my list. It's not on Anthony's. Okay. Um, this is the Banshees of Inner Sharon. I, uh, I yeah, I did want to check this one out. I just it kind of missed my, I missed like the theatrical run, and so and I don't think it's coming out digitally or anything anytime it, soon. It so I just might miss it, still be in theaters, just like some odd times like maybe like yeah. one screening per day yeah i think um, it was like 
in the city, middle of the day, which, like, I've got work. I can't yeah. see that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, you may as well wait till it comes out on, yeah. on DVD or Blu-ray or anything. So, um, essentially, um, yeah, this is a movie that's getting quite a lot of um, Oscar buzz, a lot of awards mm. buzz, and for, for very good reasons. Essentially, it's it's a movie set in the early 1900s in, in Ireland, um, and it's about the story of, like, two friends, and one of them just decides... Um, one of the friends, um, played by Blen- Brendan Gleeson, just decides mm. one day that he just doesn't want to be friends with his best friend for years, who was played by Colin Farrell. And yes. yeah, it's an interesting concept and it uh, creates a lot of questions about like, you know, why did he suddenly decide to do this? And, you know, there, there are some interesting answers, a lot of, you know, kind of a philosophical answers, um, are, are, you know, philosophical questions are brought up about, like, what really people live their lives for, um, what are you meant to do with your life, like, you know, a life of meaning, a life of pursuit of some sort of goal, or whether, you know, it's people are just happy, okay, just being who you are, like, is it okay to just be a simple person who does, you know, nothing, like, there's a lot of kind of interesting questions brought up there um but it, it's not just a great movie just because of that it's really actually quite funny in, in a dark way it, you watch the trailer um actually, i can't actually remember if the trailer had this tone or not but like on the surface mm. it can seem like a quite a dark and depressing film it's really about like a breakup of, of a friendship um but it's it's really comedic in a, in a in a lot of ways there are just strange moments that like they don't draw too much attention to but it's just bizarre and just people yeah. have quite just the right line in the right serious circumstance can just make people just burst out laughing i mean my theater oh, yeah. you know was just bursted out at some points at just certain lines of dialogue and yeah it, it's a movie with a lot of things to say um and keeps you kind of guessing where it's going like about where this relationship between these two guys is going you know can they repair their friendship um you know why did they break up in the first place there there's a lot of interesting meanings behind what their friendship kind of represents um in the in the broader sense there's a lot of kind of metaphor uh mm. behind this movie that I don't want to say too too much about yeah. Um, ultimately, the, the reason why this movie is getting like so much buzz is because of the performances. Yeah. Um, it has so many great. There's so many, so much great acting in this film. Um, primarily yeah. from yeah. Uh, Colin Farrell, who plays yeah. the lead, and it, it's weird. Like Colin Farrell, in some movies, it feels like his voice is, is often the same, so you kind of just associate with the same person but he really does play interesting characters in each of his roles and and this one in particular has like a really distinct personality when you actually look through all the nuances yeah Um, exactly and yeah yeah he's he's one of the one of the big front runners i think to win best actor um oscar this year it's either him probably or maybe um I always forget Brendan Fraser for the whale. So yeah, the Frenaise the Frenaisance is going to begin. Yeah, a lot of great. The there's a lot of great acting performances this year. Um, other it really is. Yeah, when you think about it, like there's probably in some of these other movies we're going to talk about. Um, definitely one of them. Um, yeah, we're, we're, there's probably some notable performances to point out. Well, I guess um just but, just to interrupt quickly because yeah, yeah, 
with Colin Farrell, obviously I know what you're saying. And then I just remembered he's in the Batman as the Penguin, unfucking yeah. recognizable. <laughs> totally in my forgot. Opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, oh right, that's him. Shit. Yeah, I mean the makeup makeup department did a great job with him, and 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 acting wise, like I don't really recognize his voice through. Yeah, because it's a very like in that role, not gargly, but like you know what I mean, like that kind of rough throat, like yeah, sound like anything I've heard from him. At least it's one of those things where you never would have guessed that it's him unless someone told you. No, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like lots of great performances of Banshees of Inner Sharon. Um, Brendan Gleeson's amazing. Um. Carrie Condon, who is an actress on, you might have seen her from Better Call Saul. She plays um, ah, yes. Colin Farrell's sister in this movie, and she's fantastic. She's one of the best actors in the movie. And then Barry Keoghan is also in this film, uh, oh, who is also another. in The Batman. And, and the spe- Batman. Speaking of that, yeah, he's another actor from The Batman, and he oh, he's fantastic God. in... He, um, he's really good. I like yeah, him in like, almost everything I see him in. Yeah, everything that he's been in has been fantastic. You've also seen stuff like um, Killing of the Sacred Deer, Mm. Um, the the Green Knight, yeah, he's just yeah, he was in, so good in the Green Knight. He's yeah. in lots of great, you know, smaller pictures, a twenty four pictures, and you know, he's. I feel like he's gonna, he's really breaking out right now. Yeah. So, but yeah, let's roll the dice again. Yeah, see if we sadly, get a movie not much I could say on that, that one, you've but seen, that's but, okay. Or maybe we a movie that only you you've seen. Let's, let's, maybe because there, there's yeah. stuff like that. This is the the power of R and Jesus. Let's see what happens. All right, number 13 on my list. We've both ah. seen this. Oh. Okay, three letters, baby. R, oh. R, 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 R. Holy shit. Okay, so we watched this movie kind of on a whim. Um, It was late. It was end of last year. I think literally New Year's. Um, A bunch of my friends were coming over, and I was like, all right, we kind of just want to watch a movie to fuck around for a few hours before like we get to like you know end of the night stuff. And I'd heard about Triple R, because I'd heard, like, oh, the opening of the movie is one of the guys fights a tiger, the other guy fights, like, a hundred guys in a crowd, and that's how the movie starts. And I'm like, oh, okay, so it's, like, kind of a dumb, uh, I think it's Tollywood in this case, action movie. It's like, let's see what happens. Holy shit, this movie was incredible. (laughs) This movie was an experience. Oh my god, Um, yes. (laughs) Yeah, so I think I was actually the one who recommended that we watch it. Maybe, Because, like, um, I had seen a lot of talk about this movie over the course Mm -hmm. of the year. I think it probably was already out in cinemas maybe like halfway through the year yeah and i think I, I think it dropped june or july yeah like and i i don't have too much experience with tall well, yeah i haven't seen a single tollywood movie and i don't think no, i've seen either. i don't think i've seen many bollywood movies either um no. but this one was getting like a lot of buzz and yeah like when people talked about it they were gushing about it and gushing yeah. about what type of movie it is the this is very much like an old eighties style like B movie action yeah. action movie, um, and th- I think they sh- I think what really hooked me is that they showed one clip towards the end. I don't know if I want to spoil like one of the, oh, like, yeah. the sequences, but like as- it-, it had to do with an arrow. That's all I'm saying. As soon as I- oh, I- yeah. as soon as I saw this clip with the arrow, I'm like, okay, I have to watch this movie one day. Yeah, like um, there, there was oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, this oh. this movie is absolutely an experience. It is, it is like I think someone described like this. Someone said while they were watching this movie, they were howling in the theater, and that is not a thing that ever hap- that happens. That is not something no. that I don't think has happened to me in a long time. I think I was kind of howling in this movie. Oh, we we, we were making a lot of noise. Thankfully, my roommate, I think. <laughs> 
like was not around or left for most of it because we were just fucking going ape shit at certain points because that there's the i think the way i described it to everyone is it is sincere filmmaking there's no 100%. like there's no winking at the camera going wasn't that a bit silly or isn't this absurd it's like no something absurd just happened and we are treating it deadly fucking seriously yeah so <laughs> it's like what was it like i i won't I'll try and say, I'll say this because this is an earlier action scene, so it's not a huge spoiler. There's like an action scene where there's like a kid surrounded by oil and there's fire that's gonna catch him. So our two leads, one of them on a horse, one on a motorcycle, drive on a bridge, grab a rope, and then jump under the bridge, grab the kid, and then like pass him, pass the kid to the other guy, and then land safely in the water it's, away from it's the oil. So oh. beautiful, like um. <laughs> Yeah, oh, ju everything. just in case anyone cares about plot, I mean, simple yeah. summary is um, they're two different people from two different kind of, you know, I would say backgrounds. One of them yes. is a uh, police officer who's trying to rise his way up the ranks. Um, yeah. The other one comes from this, this village in, in the jungle, you know, in, in the countryside. Um, and a child from that village gets kidnapped, essentially, and he... Oh, yeah, because... um. Uh, that that's something to actually that is kind of important. The backdrop of the film is like English occupied India. Or yeah, the British are, the British sorry. Raj, you know, the period yes. when, you know, the, the British were occupying India. You know, it was a pretty lengthy period in Indian history. I don't know yeah. too much about it. Um the funny thing is that apparently the two main characters in this film are based off real Indian yeah. revolutionaries during that time. Yeah. And it's like a hypothetical story about what if those two people had met and teamed up. Um, yeah. I don't know too much about Indian history, but when I was looking up the history behind it, I don't think they drew much at all from it. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's like, I don't know what, I, uh, is this, is this like the maybe equivalent of like, you know, Abraham Lincoln vampire? I was literally something? thinking of that exact example. It's like, like, it's like, no, it's not historically accurate, but who gives not, a shit? Not historically thing? accurate, just taking like a famous name and just doing some crazy things with them. Mm. Um, but yeah, essentially the plot, you know, this girl gets for, like, kidnapped from this village. So one of the guys who was like, you know, very much like a protector, a warrior from this village goes trying to find her in the city. And that's when he meets up with um, uh, our other character who is a police officer. And neither mm. of them know who each other are. They don't know yeah. what each other's occupations are and why they're there. And they form this incredible bromance, oh my which God. is just so beautiful. Um, yeah. It kept me captivated the entire way through. Like, this is what great movies need. They need characters that you care about. And yeah. this movie has it in spades. Oh my god. Like, the... Again, I won't spoil everything, but the, the, mon the friendship montage was fucking incredible to watch. I was like, yes! I, <laughs> Look I, at these two bros being yeah, bros. <laughs> I've, I've never shipped two bros together oh. so much like... I mean, like, it's so genuine. That's the thing. Yes. Like, there is... It's weird. Like, maybe it's just because, like, this is not from Western culture. But you just know if this was, like, a Hollywood movie, they would have to make some sort of joke. Like, oh, we're not gay, bro. Like, and, like... That's what I mean, yeah. But, like, yes, you can make homoerotic jokes about their bromance. But they don't. And it's just beautiful to watch. They genuinely yeah. are just such good friends. And you yeah. just want to watch them. And you want to root for them to keep being friends so badly.
exactly and that again yeah i think that's what I, that might be what i mean where i say like sincere filmmaking there's no need to acknowledge like isn't this a bit silly absurd they just go no they're friends they're so they're such good friends they they like help each other do like sit-ups with one of them on the shoulder of the other like they're just such good <laughs> they, friends they go for like dates sort of like on you know yeah. w- one guy is like on the other guy's motorbike as they drive yeah. across the countryside and they're all That's smiles right. and it's just like this it's is beautiful. so beautiful it's, it's silly but it's so much fun exactly and but yeah when it comes to like and because of like how much you care about the characters um it just really helps when the action gets going and oh you're just God. rooting so hard for these guys to fuck shit up because both of these guys like okay this is not a superhero film these guys are superhuman like yeah oh the, my god from the very first minute the stuff that the very first like you know 10 minutes or so the stuff that each of these guys do like the like the physical feats they pull off like especially like oh, yeah. the one guy fighting off like a crowd of like a hundred yeah like how does he actually do that and yeah. then like i think he leaps over like a barbed fence and it's like not yes. a lower fence it's like the usual like whatever like three five meter high fence yeah and it's just like how did he jump over that uh we're just he just Doesn't he's matter. just that good he just did. <laughs> yeah he's just that good and that's like i guess maybe i'll say spoiler tag here that's what also helps with the compelling we know at some point they're gonna face each other because they're literally on opposite sides of the conflict yeah and that's the, like and, the it's oh, very dramatic the scene where it happens you're like no! It's legitimately dramatic. I mean, it's it's not like Oscar-winning writing, but you know, no. it it there is a fundamental interest in the story from the very beginning. Like, when are these two gonna gonna clash? Um, and you know, what's gonna happen when they find out? And mm. you know, it it's actually it, it is emotionally compelling stuff. Like, it really. Is. I I am <laughs> shocked how much. I mean, I knew I would like the movie because the way they described it. I'm shocked mm. how invested I got into it. Exactly. Like, uh, this is just. This is so good. Like, if if there are more movies like this, if people can recommend more movies like this, whether they're in Tollywood, Bollywood, or or you know Hollywood movies like this, yeah, I I seriously want to see more stuff like this because it's really rare, as you said, like in modern yeah. cinema to be and there's like so earnest. And yeah, and the other thing I'll just quickly say because this was like maybe the best. I don't know if it was the best scene in the movie, but fuck, I loved it. The dance scene in the middle is like, <laughs> oh my god, it's like yes, peak. It is like, oh my it's god, a, it's a great song as well. Like exactly, it's like not just like the dance. Um, I was just yeah, I was bopping to this to, to this yeah, it's jam. Like, oh shit, yeah. oh shit, <laughs> great. Yeah, it's like oh, the, everything about it was just oh, it's so much fun. I think that's the main thing. Like it's just such a fun movie as well. It's a kind of movie where like you have some friends over, they haven't seen it. All right, let's pop yeah. on Triple R. Yeah, it's like, all right, and then you're just going to watch their reactions be like, you see, in this yeah, shit's great, dude, isn't dude, it? Dude, this is cinema right here. Do we all agree? <laughs> Martin Scorsese, eyes finally woken. Just like, yeah. ah, I finally get it now. <laughs> all right, you have anything else? Any last word on this? No, I, th- I think we've said enough without, like... Because, again, the main thing with this movie is try not to give anything away. Just, like, experience it. Doesn't matter, it doesn't matter too much if you spoil it, but, like, go into it. Not knowing too much, and yeah. no matter what, you're in for like a great experience. All right. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, next movie on the list. Ooh, it's. I think this is actually the only one that you're the only one who's seen. Okay, that's fair. Your, <laughs> your like weeaboo pick of the year. 
Ah, yes. Ah, yes. So, yeah. I feel bad in a way because it's like, is this as good as the other movies on this list? Maybe not. But I had such a good time watching this fucking movie. Cause, so this is Dragon Ball Super... Superhero, I think is the official title. So Awful it's Superhero or Superheroes? It's Super... It's it's Dragon Ball Super Superhero, I'm pretty sure. Oh, they should have just short that. That's too dumb. They really they should have... They should have called it, yeah, just Superhero Superheroes. I don't know why they named it the way they did, but they did and we have to live with it. It's fine, but like... Yeah, Superhero just by itself would have been a way better title. Yeah. So yeah, this... This is very interesting. So, this to me is continuing the trend of absolute banger Dragon Ball movies that we've had for the last decade or so. This one's a fully CGI one. The main thing that I like about this movie, it tells a very unique story for Dragon Ball and has some actually really interesting character stuff. Because it's focusing on characters we never really focus on in the show the manga the whatever because we're focusing on piccolo and gohan of all fucking people oh i didn't know that part yeah like they actually don't give it away in the marketing that much piccolo is the main character like undoubtedly and so you get a lot of interesting stuff with him where it's like how does he how does he live in this like kind of world now where it's like post everything that happens like oh he just kind of lives a normal life he babysits Gohan's daughter takes her to school sometimes, is friends with the teacher. <laughs> it's like that kind of shit. And then there's, but then like you have this whole uh, like follow up to the Red Ribbon where they're like, there's new androids that, but they're like completely different. They seem, to, they're like superheroes, which is where the name comes from, which seem to be, it's weird that the movie never brings it up, but I feel like they're meant to be like great Saiyan men, like pastiche. Or something like that. And so there's a lot of just... like It's just a very different movie from Dragon Ball. And I just... I was enthralled by the way it... um, The way it referenced... It wasn't just like referencing things for the sake of referencing them. It was bringing up like, oh hey, why aren't we bringing this up? Because this is something that would matter in this situation. And using it as a unique and interesting way to progress the plot. The only problem with the film is kind of the ending it devolves into kind of dragon ball bullshit um which isn't great but the comedy in this movie was incredible i found it incredibly funny as like a longtime dragon ball fan i don't know how well it works for non-fans but there was just a lot of really great like callbacks to just the movie itself or the history of the franchise or again very good character related jokes because again piccolo's your main character so you're getting very different comedy to if, you know, Goku or Vegeta were around. And in terms of action choreography, very good for a first, like, CG film, because that was my... Wait, the whole movie CG? Completely CG. I don't think there's a single 2D shot in the movie. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that part either, so... Mm, it's... it's it, You can definitely tell there's some growing pains in terms of some of the visuals, but in terms of the, yeah, the action choreography and the set pieces, they are, like... They are actually pulling out some really fun shit and doing some very... Because, again, when you're CG, okay, we can do all this crazy shit with the camera now. Because when you're 2D, it's like, I've got to draw everything around this yeah, fucking you can, camera. Fuck I guess me. you can go a bit more crazy. So, yeah, yeah, that's actually kind of interesting. Like, how does it compare to um, 
By the way, this whole conversation is just gonna be completely lost if you've never yeah. seen Dragon Ball. Dragon but, Ball fans, but yeah, just just, just literally just Ball. skip to the next section or something yeah. if you haven't seen Dragon Ball. But like, how does it compare to Dragon Ball Super Broly? Because that was the previous okay. movie that everyone was gushing about, and I've seen this it. Is... And and yeah, yeah, I like that movie, but everyone yeah. likes it because it's it's Broly. It's a big dumb you know um yeah you know super explosive dragon ball movie um for its action and i I like that for what it is but how does that compare to that i would say what i really liked with broly was it was the incredible action and there was some good character stuff i think they did a lot with what they had there this i would argue way better character stuff i think they because again you're focusing on not you're not focusing on goku or vegeta or broly who even with the best character stuff are still kind of... You can't really do a lot with them. Because you're focusing on Piccolo and Gohan, it's very different. You open yourself up to different, again, ideas of like, how does Pic- like what does Piccolo do in his off time? And how does he feel about all these different things? That, and you know, they do go into it a bit. Yeah, that's a very good question. And now that you've mentioned that... Uh, I think I probably would be more interested in this movie than I was before, mostly because yeah. um, Piccolo is one of my favorite characters in Dragon Ball. Um, Piccolo is pretty great because and he's great in this. He's interesting because he's the only like non um, Saiyan slash human character that really stays mm. throughout the series. And when you get down to it, he's the only non Saiyan character at all who gets any attention as like a fighter towards. You know, even by the midpoint of Z, all the humans by that point are useless. They're just way too weak to... Um, but yeah, I've always kind of wanted a more Piccolo-focused story because um, he is so different from all the other all the other characters. Um, I guess I do want to see, because I, I don't know if you alluded to it, but like, do they explore how Piccolo is essentially Gohan's dad? They They do kind of do a lot of fun stuff with, again, like... He's picking up Pan from school. They Pan yeah. and him train together because Goku's off planet. He's always planet. off well, doing something. It's, 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 they, He's they, getting they, milk. He ran to get milk. Okay. He he, he is constantly out for smokes and milk. And yeah, never coming back. And that they, and that's fine. But yeah, I do like that they sort of bring up. It's like, yeah, Gohan has such a connection with Piccolo, and by extension. Gohan's family, so Videl and Pan, his wife and his kid, they also kind of are closer with Piccolo. Because, <laughs> like, without, it's not a spoiler, but there's like a scene where, like, Pan's just talking to Piccolo. Uh, Pan is talking to Piccolo, like, after training, and it's like, oh, yay, woo, Uncle Piccolo kind of thing or whatever. That's right. And cute. then Videl calls him later and is like, yeah, hey, I'm just grabbing some stuff. Do you, like, want anything? It's like, why would you, why are you buying me stuff? I don't need stuff. It's like, because oh, yeah, but you know. You're part of you the know. family. Pretty much. Yeah. And there's, like, a lot of stuff there where I think it's, like, Piccolo is, like, adjusted to having family, sort of, and friends at this point. But he is still that kind of stoic loner who doesn't always want to be around people. And there's, like, a whole thing with that. He, he's quite, always going to be that. Fun. But he, it's, it's very clear that he has such, like, a paternal side, like, with Gohan. I mean, they had so much history together. And, like, he was the one who essentially raised him during Z while, you know, Goku was dead or he was off fighting bad guys. Like, um, I've always wanted something I focused more on their relationship. So, actually, maybe I'll check that out now. Yeah, the the main, if I, like I said, the main problem I have with this movie is its ending, which I don't know, I won't spoil it, but I could tell everything that was going to happen as soon as the ending came about because I was like, 
mainly because I've been spoiled for something that happens later in the movie. Um, and I was like, well, okay, with these characters in this scenario, this has to be what happens kind of thing. Well, I will say, I mean, it is Akira Toriyama, not, yeah. his writing isn't super surprising. The only time it is no. surprising is when he pulls plot points or his editors pull plot points out of nowhere. That's yes. the only, those, that are the only twists in Dragon Ball when they don't foreshadow things and they pop out of nowhere. Yeah, and the, yeah, but like otherwise, I think this is a very fun, very different Dragon Ball slash anime. Not, I wouldn't say it's a very different anime movie. It is pretty standard shonen action um, material, but I think it's very fun and different to what Dragon Ball usually gives us. So I think it is. I think it is worth a look if you are a fan of Dragon Ball. Um, other, I would say yeah, don't watch it if you're not a fan because. So much will be lost on you. This is such a lore like uh, I, I don't know you. I don't know movie. if you can watch any Dragon Ball movie without seeing the show. It's I mean Probably you can, not. you can just for the action, but like just start watching the show instead of going yeah. to the movie. Yeah, def definitely. Especially like I said, just mainly in this case because this one is so drenched in like here's lore callbacks. It's like oh shit, hello, okay. So I'm surprised you mentioned the like, callback to the Red Ribbon Army, like like all the way from OG Dragon Ball. Yeah, they, 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 and they even call, so this, it's not, a, again, not a spoiler, but they even call back to like, oh, hey, Android 21, that character that only appeared in the, in the recent fighting game. Yeah, here's her, here's a, here's her, she's canon now, like fully canon, no fucks oh, given. I thought it's she like, was always oh, canon. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, she was, but it's like, she'd never appeared in anything. Right, right. So it was canon by association. Now okay. it's like, here, here is her canon image. She is in this movie. We're going to reference her. It's like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> yeah, so it, it made you really, it really progressed. What you're saying is that it really progressed the Dragon Ball cinematic universe. Yes, it really did. This was the biggest <laughs> power shift in the, uh, in the DBCU. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing that up because I think it's the dumbest fucking thing was the biggest power shift. Yeah, oh. I mean, everything that The Rock said in the lead up to promoting that movie was kind of hilarious oh in hindsight. We lied. There was, in fact, another superhero movie on this list. It's Black Adam. Yeah, Black Adam Ooh. is number one, baby. <laughs> number one, Black Adam sweep. All right. <laughs> uh, what's the next movie? Um, This is movie is very... It's what we've both seen. Uh, it's what we've both seen. This one okay. movie is very, very high on yeah. our list. It's very, very, it's it's very, uh, very, very high on almost everyone's list, if not number one. Yeah. Um, what is there to say? It is everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, like, oh my god, this movie was incredible. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I don't know where to start. I mean, it's been a while I since I've yeah, seen me it, neither. but. I don't know where to start with this movie. It is... I guess it. this is maybe one of the... Because we've been talking a little bit about, like, tone and how movies handle it a little bit. This has such such an incredible tone balance. Because, really, if you look at everything that happened in this movie, I should be like, the tone is so off. We go from comedy to action to kind of weird, like like existential thinking to family drama there's so many different ideas that this movie handles and somehow it does them all incredibly well it, it is it is such a master of all genres at, at putting everything together i mean um i remember when i started to hear about this movie i think i, I don't remember when, whether it was march or april but it, it was it sometime it, around then. yeah it, it was starting to pick up some steam and like um, I know it's like an A24 picture, so I, I, I always yeah. like checking out, you know, 
A24 movies when they start to get, you know, a little bit of buzz. Um, this one was getting a lot of buzz. And, yeah, a lot. And then, you know, a, a lot of it because of Michelle Yeoh. Um, we'll talk about her later. Um, a yeah, movie in general. And then when I saw it, I'm like, this movie... It is so many. It's 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 hard. It's weird to say because that's little the title, but it, it is important. It is so many things at once. Like it yeah. is at its core. Like if you want to simplify the movie, um, like from the very beginning, it is a family drama. You know, you have yes, the, you have this um Asian American family, middle aged family who owns a laundromat, and you know there's issues in the marriage. Um, the yeah. d- issues with their raising their daughter, a daughter who is gay in the film, um, mm. is a lesbian, and that's potentially an issue. Who knows? Um, th- there, yeah. there's there's lots of potential themes here, and then you throw in, you know, really what the hook of the movie is is that this is a multiversal story, one that spans across. Um, it does span across literally like dozens of different dimensions, and each yeah. one of them have different versions of your characters. And, and we've seen multiversal stories before. I mean, there was literally one that came out, big famous one that came out last year. Um, and it, was, it came out very close to this one, and I think everyone agrees this one did much this better. This one was the better <laughs> one, because this movie it does so much with the multiversal concept. It's not just a vehicle for comedy, you know, showing different versions of the exact same character. I mean, the best example is of um, Wayman Wang, um, the, the husband in this relationship, and... You know, very famously, I think from probably maybe the majority of the movie is played is um you know this this alpha version of the character who is ev- everything opposite from um, yeah. how he normally is. You know, very much a confident, um, strong personality in, pro- in hmm. pro- compared to the more nurturing, sensitive personality of of uh, regular universe Waymond. And then, hmm. yeah, like it, 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 there's lots of you know comedic versions t- takes on characters. Um, the daughter in this. The daughter character in the story, um, there there is an evil version of her character who is pretty much the main villain of the entire film, who drives yeah. a lot of the narrative. Um, but there's there's so much good integration of action into the multiverse, mm-hmm. like where you just change universe mid action scene, like mid beat, and like yeah. there's just really creative visuals that they can do with that that you just don't see in other films. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and then there's also the the what I love with that is you have the also thing of the way you get the other version of yourself is you have to do something like there's usually some sort of thing you have to do to enter that next multiverse version of yourself, and sometimes it's there's, usually this is where a lot of the great comedy comes in because it's just usually something very either stupid or really out of left field that you could not have seen coming, like. Uh, oh yeah, there's one that I can think of immediately. Yeah, yeah, and I don't want to spoil it because like when like because they set it up early in the film, and I'm like, that is a Chekhov's item, and surely you have to pay that off, and then they do, and I'm like, thank you. The one that I was <laughs> thinking of is a uh, thousand years of death. A thousand years. Oh of, yeah. Yeah. Or was it pain? Or, or you know what I'm talking thousand about? Thousand years of pain. Yeah, yeah, thousand years of pain. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean because they set that up earlier in the film because um. That cat. What's her name? I forget the name of the character, but it's it's um, Evelyn. Uh, hmm? The main character? No, 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 no. Um, why am I thinking the name? Jamie Lee Curtis. Ah, uh, yes, Jamie Lee Curtis. The, I forgot the, her character's name. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, like the accountant or whatever. She pulls out a trophy at one point, and that <laughs> that is like they set that up, and I'm like, that has. Oh to pay yeah, off. I forgot that was the object they did it with. 
Yeah, Jesus. because that's what I was like. Because they set it up, they're like, "That's in the office. It's there the entire time. When is it gonna pay off?" <laughs> it pay it yeah it pays off. I mean yeah, there's so much great oh, yes. comedy in this movie. I mean. The the fucking sausage fingers one. I, was, I mean, yeah, I mean, such a stupid joke, but they just keep doing it, and it just keeps it kind of becomes. It, I, it, I feel like it becomes more funny the more they do it. Well, because the first time you see it, you're like, "Oh, that's a weird, funny visual." But then the more they show that universe, it just becomes like this kind of sad universe with like these two people are also struggling in a relationship. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> but it's, the sausage fingers are there, and it's like it's one of those things where like same thing with oh. Triple R, like the how the sincerity, like how genuine mm. it is, like. Uh, yes, we know this is completely stupid, but in this universe, this is normal. So why would they? Exactly. Why would they not act like normal people and exactly. have real relationship issues, even though they're these st- stupid-looking, weird, you know, sausage finger people? Um, and then, of course, like the raccoon e joke. Like, oh my god! Uh, as soon as I me. as soon as I saw that, I just burst out laughing. Like that's just, I. I I love the joke just so much, just because, not just because of the concept, but the fact yeah. that, like, the they use, like, the most fake-looking, like, yeah. animatronic, like, I don't know if it's an animatronic or, like, or it's just literally just, like, a raccoon doll, but they don't it even... It looks like a hand puppet. They, yeah, they don't even attempt to make it look real, but once again, they just play it off so sincerely, like, there's this whole yeah. emotional outburst over, like, raccoon <laughs> like, no, I need you, like, oh, I'm nothing without <laughs> and you. And then just... The follow up of that with Michelle being like, "I can help you," and she's piloting him, and it's like, oh, it's so many like beautiful moments of just excellent setup, and then even better payoff of like a joke, in my opinion, because that is most of this movie. I feel is like just setting up an idea or a concept, and then paying it off in spades. Just, it it, oh. it is such a well constructed script, like you, it really, it really does. Is. Um, and I, I remember when I first watched it the for the first time, I got a lot of feeling like. I wonder if this is what people thought when they saw The Matrix for the first time, because I never got Maybe, to yeah. I never got to see when it first came out. But in terms of exploring like high um, sci-fi concepts, like you know, multiverse is not super is not super well explained in in media, and this one goes yeah. a lot into multiverse. It has a lot um, of explaining to do, and it, you you figure out how everything works kind of systems wise. They do a good job of explaining yeah. it. Um, but yeah, just once again, what I was saying before, like, it just, they do so well of exploring different themes with it. Like, I love how much of this movie is about, um, like, the alternative versions of who you could have been if you mm. didn't make certain decisions in your life. And whether those versions are better, whether they're, like, yeah, whether they're superior, whether they're worth, whether that should have been your life. And yeah. Like, it's really interesting, you know, seeing that perspective. And it really, you know, reframes how you think about, um, you know, this marriage between these these characters, between Evelyn and Waymond, and with their relationship with their daughter as well. Yeah. Um, there's some really sad stuff in there, but really heartwarming at points. Um, yeah. It really, it's a movie that gets so emotional by the end. Like, um... I was crying at some point. I knew lots yeah. of people who were crying in the cinema. Like, it's a movie that really touches... Um, it's very much a movie that um, is is part of that kind of new Asian wave that kind of Hollywood yeah. has been going through with, like, Crazy Rich Asians and Shang-Chi and The Farewell and Searching, stuff like that. That's kind of why... It's partially why yeah. it came on my radar. But 
And it does speak to a lot of those kind of experiences. It speaks to experiences of being an immigrant, experiences mm. of, um, you know, trying to make it in, like, kind of the Western society. But it's very relatable, I feel like, to everyone because it's very much yeah. speaks to the human experience of what it is to try to find meaning in, in your own life. Like, it just has so much to say and it just makes you feel so many different emotions over the course of its mm. runtime. Yeah, no, that, that, I mean, yeah, I can't even really add. That's just it. Is like, I guess the only thing I'll say because we we kind of touched on it, but another thing that really helps sell this movie is the performances. Michelle Yeoh and it was it's Ki Hu Kwan. Is that how you say it? I'm I believe it's pronounced Ki Hu Kwan, like Ki He. I think. Yeah. Sorry for butchering that. Yeah, I apologize. It's but still recognition because. Michelle Yeoh, I knew was a good actor. I've seen her in so much, so many things where I'm like, I know she's a good actress uh, or actor. It's she does incredible work. I hadn't really been exposed to anything that Key did outside of you know his early work when yeah. he was basically a child or young, young. Literally, adult, yeah, guess, literally actor. a child, yeah. So, um, yeah. Then you jump like nearly thirty years later, let's say. Yeah, I would, to I, this, I would and it's say. Like, Almost, yeah, like, it depends on, depending on where you cut it off. Like, I mean, and yeah. here's the backstory of Ki Kwan. He's was very famous as a child actor. He's best known as Short Round from uh, Indiana Indiana Jones. Um, yeah. And the Temple of Doom, I think. It, Temple I think of it, Doom, yes. I think it was. And he got some other roles um, in Hollywood. He was in The Goonies and also when he was a child. I think, he yeah, was I think o- The Goonies might have been... Bef- I think it was after. So yeah. He had those two in a row, which was Th- good. That was his but only... Then... Those were his only real notable roles. He did... I think he was on maybe like a sitcom um, for, mm-hmm. for a little bit during the 90s when yeah. he was a young adult. But effectively, he quit acting, um, I think when he was, like, you know, his late 20s or, or 30 or something, um, and then he just didn't um, do any acting for 20 years because they he felt that there were no roles for, for Asian actors. Yeah. Um, and I think that was very much true. I mean, he really struggled to find roles for years because there just wasn't much opportunity. There weren't many, especially, like, not roles that were, you know, roles with nuance, roles with um, actual character behind them, you know. Pro- they're probably yeah. some more stereotypical... Um, generic roles that you know we're just playing like an archetype um yeah but you know he apparently he got he according to him he got inspired by you know the release of crazy rich asians um you know really paving the way for more opportunity for asian americans and asian people in hollywood um mm. and he thought that like oh maybe hollywood has changed maybe it's this is an opportunity for me to get back into acting and what a fucking way to oh come my God. back to acting i mean his performance is I don't want to say it's the heart of the film because everyone is the heart of the film, but he uh, definitely is such an emotional core to everything to happen. Like he is just so kind and, and genuine and he has such a good nature to him throughout this film, no matter what is going through yeah. everyone else's lives, what is ha- going through everyone's life, what is going through the daughter's life. I'm, I'm sorry, I, re- I forgot her name. But, I feel um, bad. Yeah, but she's played by, I, play, I remember her actress's name, played by Stephanie 
uh, I believe it's Hisu or something, something yeah, like that. Stephanie um, Hisu, I believe. Yeah, who's also does gives an amazing, amazing performance. Oh, she's Joy. That I remember. Joy, that was the yeah. Whole, like, I I remember it was like a variation of Joy because I know like the the super the villain's name was like Jobu Jobu Tabaki, something like that, which is yeah. apparently gibberish, isn't it, or something? It sounds. Like, mean I, I'm pretty sure it's gibberish because it sounded like gibberish. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like that as like a thing of like, oh, does it mean anything? Oh God, no. <laughs> but yeah, like he Kwan's performance as um, Wayman is just such a, an emotional anchor, not just to the audience but all of the characters in the film um and he really gets to flex you know his acting chops doing multiple different you know variations variations of his character the the regular waymond and the alpha waymond yeah um yeah I'm, I'm, absolutely he's one of those feel-good stories where like everyone is rooting for him everyone's just happy that this guy yeah. you know about his story about coming back to hollywood after all these years and just knocking out of the yeah. park you know when he didn't yeah find... him and uh he and brennan fraser um, are kind of the two comeback stories, so to speak, yeah, this like, year. Except one of those movies, yeah. Yeah, The Whale, I think, not on this list, but, you know, maybe... Yeah, it, ha- look, if I was making, like, a top 25 or something movies, maybe... Maybe, yeah. It, it was it was not that good. His perform- Brendan Fraser's performance, though, was incredible. Yeah. But we're not talking about that, we're talking about this. Yeah, Key Quine, he's, um, he's going to get a lot of recognition. Um, yeah, e- even if he doesn't, like... He he may still win best supporting actor. I'm not sure. Yeah, who knows how um, how it's gonna go? He is the favorite. If last time I checked, um, odds wise, yeah. um, if he wins, it would be such an amazing feel good story. I mean, if, oh, you, oh you, God, you listen absolutely. to that guy's Golden Globe speech, and oh, that was it's... already getting pretty emotional. Like, if he gets an yeah. Oscar, like my God, like like yeah. that clip's going viral. That's oh, he, he, like again, same same thing. Yeah, when those like, there's been a lot of good. Actually, there was and there was that other actress. I can't remember her name, and I feel bad. But there's been there's been a few actors this year, like with their comeback, so to speak, or like finally getting the recognition. Um, I can't. I cannot remember her name. What What um, has she been in? Like, I don't remember. She She was a. It was a female actress. I hadn't really heard of her name until I looked into who she was. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Who? Uh, but who, I couldn't remember who, who was she, getting who was. recognition this year, like for like yeah, best actress or something. Yeah, it was because it was. I saw a similar buzz around when like all the, all the videos of Key and Brennan, um, getting their awards. There was also like, oh, and don't forget this person who also gave like a great speech and, um, is finally getting recognition. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I feel bad because I cannot remember her name now. I'm not too sure because there's a bunch who. It's not Kate Blanchett. It's not Viola Davis. Those are pretty big names. I think. No, no, no. Those those people. Are, I feel like people recognize them for their talent. That's. And there were there was um Anna de Armas got nominated for an Oscar, but that I people didn't really like the movie that she was in. So maybe. Um. Yeah. Not maybe not. But yeah. Um, maybe not. Yeah, anyway, maybe, anyway. Maybe you'll remember off camera, and then we'll just never go into this video. It'll be very annoying. It'll be like uh shit. Yeah, but like in, speaking of like amazing performances though, I mean the star of the show Michelle Yeoh. I mean oh everyone God. knows how amazing she is. She's been amazing for for decades now um but yeah. i feel like she just hasn't gotten roles in a long time that has really flexed her acting chops and i think Abs- she yeah. mentioned i think when she got the script for this film it, it was something like this is a role that she's been waiting her entire life to play yeah and i'm like that's what it feels like this is a movie that yeah. not just speaks to her experience as like um you know it's part of her experience as an asian woman in hollywood um but like yeah being able to play just so many different facets of herself um ah, yeah like absolutely. there's so many nuances to her character her to her arc um what she's going through throughout the film and how it's affected by 
you know, kind of the philosophical questions, a lot of the, like, the kind of the nihilism, um, that, that's posed by the villain in this film, and, mm. and being able to find, like, answers to that, like, it, it's a really beautiful performance, like, this is backed up by just amazing writing. At pretty much, yeah, like, there's, yeah, because again, I've, I've always known Michelle Yeoh as an incredible actress, but again, yeah, this showed me, yeah, like, a very different side to her, because it's a very... The the Evelyn that we see for most of the film is a very imperfect person, and I think there's a lot you can see in that, where it's the choices she made and the sacrifices she made and all the things that she did in her life. You can see how it like affects her even now, and again, that's the big thing with this movie of looking at your other selves and going, well, if I hadn't made that sacrifice, would it have been better for me? Yeah. Or I, I, I would have been, yeah. maybe you would have been a big star, you would have been famous and rich, but yeah. you wouldn't have the people you know in your current life. Yeah. Like, and these are interesting questions, like, so, I mean, yeah. I think, and people have, you know, different takes on, you know, what would they would have done differently, or, yeah. or maybe if Absolutely. they did do, do, do things differently, would would things actually be different, or would you, or are you the same person down to your core, like... Um, yeah, this is just, it's such a good fucking movie. Such it, a good fucking it, it's, movie. It's, like, yeah. It, it, it's one of the, it's one of those movies where people say, like, kind of puts Hollywood to shame. <laughs> like, it's, it, I feel like this and Triple R were like, Hollywood, what are you doing? Yeah, like, there, there's great, Holly- Be there's great Hollywood movies. There's some great Hollywood movies on our lists. But, like, yes, some, absolutely. sometimes you just see a movie, like, made by an indie filmmaker, or made on a lower budget, or from foreign cinema, and it's just like... We need more original ideas like this. I, th- I think it really didn't help that this was... Again, it came out so close to a Marvel product doing a similar, in very big yeah. air quotes, concept. And just... I didn't mind that movie, but, like, no, not even fucking close, if we're being honest. It's yeah. like, this movie is spades better. And not, and not just, like, oh, how it handles characters and emotions. Like, even how it handles multiverse, just, how it handles action, just... how it handles... Yeah, just visuals and action, like, yeah, there's more interesting things going on in this one. Which is so weird to say, because this movie has, like, no budget, and yet somehow looks better than some of the Yeah, like, when you when you look at, year. like, what they did at the budget on it, it's, it's not too cheap by A24 no. standards, but it is still an A24 movie where it's like, yeah, no one's throwing $100 million on this, and it still looks, this am- isn't a, still looks great. This isn't a Warner Brothers Disney movie. They, yeah. can't, they don't just have, like, endless money, so to speak. Yeah. Anyway, do you have uh, any, any last thoughts on that? No, nothing other than that's like yeah, incredible movie. If somehow you haven't seen it, just check it out. Like, incredible. It's the kind of movie that you can recommend to anyone easily. Like, easily. Your your friends don't know, you don't even know need to know what their movie taste is. Just recommend they watch everything everywhere all at once. They they will find something in it they love. Exactly. <laughs> it's it. Like, I think I heard someone say at one point that like the best movies make you feel. I think it's actually Tarantino who said this. Um, Maybe the best movies like make you feel like all like every emotion like happiness sadness um you know fear um like you know defeat um victory like triumph like everything like if you go on that emotional roller coaster that really sticks with you and this movie has all of those emotions it makes you feel just incredible sadness like you know introspection happiness just laughter just like just roaring at some laughing at some of these oh, scenes yeah. like just it's just it's just such a great film absolutely yeah absolutely cannot yeah cannot agree more just incredible all right 
Alright, next movie. So, because I'm doing the RNG, right? And I have, yeah. like, numbers from 1 to 14. You can uh, get the same number. I've drawn the Batman three times now. Yeah, I don't know if there's, like... I'm not saying take it off, but yeah. with that, this, this, I realise this would be a problem where it's like... Nah, I, we don't have a system for removing them, do we? <laughs> I just rolled again twice, and then I got everything everywhere all at once. And then triple R again. Alright. We need to keep talking about it. Alright, new, new movie, new movie. Oh, new movie, who dis? Alright. Alright. How should I intro? How should I intro this? Oh jeez, is this? Oh wait, is this one on both our lists or just? It's on both our lists. Okay. okay. I fucking love weird movies, and I mm. love, I love history, ah. and more than history, I- I'm very big into ancient history, yeah. and there's lots of movies about ancient history. There's not many movies that I feel like are about myths and Ah, the northman feels like a recreation of like a literal ancient story like it is based off like a like i don't know if it's a real story but it's based off like a story of a of um it's set in very much i don't know what you would call it but like the viking period of of scandinavia the norse Uh, yes the the norse Norse. era i i don't know i forget if it's norway specifically um, yeah. that they start in, but it's very much a retelling of a story in, in that period. Um, yeah. if you're not familiar with the story, um, you've probably seen a story, some, maybe a couple maybe. stories very similar to it. It is this, in the story, um, our lead character, Amleth, played by Alexander Skarsgård. Mm. Um, when he was a boy, he was the son, he was the son of, I think the, I can't remember whether he was the king or the yard. He was like a... He was a he was a king. I think he was a king. Yeah, he was a king. He was yeah. essentially a king of a kingdom, and yeah. classic story. Um, king gets killed by his brother. Brother usurps yeah. the throne. Um, the son runs away and vows revenge, and then years later comes back to take his revenge. Mm. Uh, have you seen a story like that? Um, no, you, no, I don't think so. No, I never heard of any story like that. Yeah, so it's no, no. it is apparently the the literal inspiration. It is the original like, um, version of what the story of Hamlet is. And yes, if you haven't absolutely. seen Hamlet, well, you've seen The Lion King, which is The Lion King is yeah. a fucking Hamlet adaptation. Um, I, I, really, I, I was gonna make, I was gonna make a dumb joke of, like, no, wait, I have seen this before. 2019's The Lion King. Yes, 2019. <laughs> that is the true, that's the, better, the great, better version of this movie. Mm. Um, but yeah, this movie, um, this is very high on my list. I, I fucking... Love oh. the Northmen. It is a movie that is just oozing with personality, oozing yeah. with style. Um, this is by director Robert Eggers, who directed The Witch and The Lighthouse before, both A twenty four films. Um, this is not an A twenty four film, actually. It's I think I think it's like focused features, which is a, a bit yeah. More, I think it was focused. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. more of a high higher budget um, distributor. And it shows. <laughs> um, and yeah, it shows. Like, th- there's way more budget behind this movie, and you know, it really takes advantage of it. It, it really feels like a like fifty, sixty. I actually don't know what the budget is, but like fifty to hundred million dollar art film. And this is what you get when you give really talented creative directors, and you give them creative freedom. You get mm. something that is just. Once again, it just has so many... It gives me so many emotions, so much awe behind it. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. again, can't, can't agree more. When I, I I missed this movie in theatre, sadly, but I did I did catch up on it. Um, 
Yeah, like, I think you said it's such a it is it is a weird film. There are just like weird, like mythological or like I don't know what you'd call them. Like it's like these weird like I don't like what the fuck. Was there it? there are there's like a there's like a sword that's like he's like the whole thing is like this sword will help me kill the people who betrayed me. But then there are like rules where it's like oh not yet I yeah. can't kill him yet. It's like what it's the like fuck? it's like the sword is cursed. Like it, it does. It's one yeah. of those things where. The story abides by very much, like, myth or, like, fairy tale or, like, um, fable logic. Where it's not just a a literal story. There is a message, there is a theme to the story, and the universe follows that. And so they literally have a sword that cannot be used until it is the right time um, to, to use it. And... Um, the way they acquire the sword as well is like there's this really interesting, you know, the, uh, sequence where he fights like a skeleton, and it's mm. this weird thing. Where I'm like, is this a li- like? I- I'm pretty sure it's not literal, but like, no, it, because it, I think they even show like he like they cut and it shows like in the actual thing he just grabs the sword and he's yeah, like it's like yeah, it's this weird super like kind of supernatural sequence where you you don't even know whether it's real or f- at first whether this movie is going to going to go supernatural yeah. whether it's not and. I like how this movie is very much conveys, I feel like, the mindset of um, ancient of the ancient Norse and very much the, the mindset of a lot of ancient cultures, whether it be the Greeks or Egyptians, which is that mm. you don't really separate reality from myth. Like, they believe no. these gods and these powers are real, and so they see these things, they imagine these things, and they follow, um, they very much kind of live their lives by it. And so... Yeah. Um... Uh, this movie hasn't been as positively received by some people as yeah. a, 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 as I have liked it. Um, it's, mm. it's really well received by critics, but I think the audience yes. rating has not been as high. Um, I can understand some of the criticisms. Some people, I think, just struggle to really relate to the story and struggle to relate to the characters. Yeah. And, and I can understand that because they're not they're not realistic people in a modern sense, no. and they and they're not. And they're, they're not easy to root for. Like, the main character of the film, Amleth, um, he's a horrible person. He is awful. <laughs> and, and, and I and I really like that the movie is aware that he's awful. Yes. Like, he, he is, you know, a, a Viking. You, I, I, don't ever, I don't think they ever used the word Viking. Not that they would have used no. that word in... I don't even... I don't know if they used that word in norse culture themselves i'm not um, sure i'm gonna say no but, but yeah he, he's essentially like like a viking he, he is a he is a raider uh and very early on from the movie like yeah. even, even though we were given reason to sympathize with them because we know what happened to him as a child that is that his father was killed by his uncle um his his mother was also you know we're told that she was kidnapped and that you know his his uncle ends up marrying his mother and she thinks that you know all these things have happened to his family yeah. and then Next thing we know, he's an adult. Okay, he's he's maybe he's there to get revenge. We're gonna root for him. Mm. And then the first thing they do is that they raid. I believe it's in England. They raid this yes. English, this poor village of just peasants, and they murder the shit out of everyone yeah, there. Yeah, it's, and it's 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 portrayed because I think I've talked about this in like violence in film and how you can portray the exact same scene to be either really fucking cool or like horrifying yeah and this is just like horrifying you see like the the like the people screaming as they run away and like the brutal ways they're all being murdered like dragged around and shit or like thrown yeah they they clearly like 
kill people who oh, are not it's, it's fucked. like yeah exactly like like raids are this weird portraying history in general is this weird thing in, in films mm. where a lot of time they, they gloss over it and they try to make things heroic when really you're just killing a bunch of people all the raping and pillaging yeah <laughs> and this one is like okay even when they're not doing the raping and pillaging like just the innocent people that they stab like you know that guy wasn't defending themselves, or maybe if there was defending him, like defending himself, like well, you're invading their home. Like there's nothing heroic about this. And then, no, and, and, yeah, yeah. It, the the movie knows that. The movie knows it, and it's really capped off by the end of that scene. We it's something we talked about off camera a couple of days ago. Mm. Um, you there's some stuff which is obvious, and they don't go too in depth in it. Um, I'm glad we didn't have to go too in depth on no. some things, but you know. You know, some of the women get spared. You know what happens. Um, yeah. But then there's another line. There's another group of people being rounded up. You want to just talk about mm. it? Like, I mean, I, I guess. You I, actually, talk no, about no, it. actually, no, I won't talk too much about it. But like, uh, yeah, when, you leave it. But like, it just but like when I saw that and I'm like, holy shit. I, I mean, I know where the. Okay. Honestly, when I, when I saw that they were lining them up, I knew that obviously they're going to, they're going to kill them. But like yeah. the way they did it, I'm like, I fucking hate you people. You people are horrible. You yeah. you are horrible fucking sav- savages, man. Yeah. And I I really kind of like the way they portray um the the way they portray like these these raiders. And I, I don't think it's actually too accurate to history in terms. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um. Actually, it, it might be it might be more ho- uh, accurate to history because like these are these guys aren't regular Vikings. They're berserkers. Uh, and yeah. and berserkers are the ones that were known to do weird stuff like they do in this movie. And they do some weird stuff in this movie. Like li- literally, like the Vikings, like some of the characters, um, they literally get naked and they start acting like wolves. <laughs> oh yeah! Like there's <laughs> that's the, right. Literally, like the the very scene before they raid the village is the night before, and they're all I think they're like naked and they have like wolf skin. Like, they're wearing it, and they're just howling to the moon, and they're just making all these weird dog sounds, and it's just like, yeah. yep, they are they are just getting themselves in this weird bestial mindset. They kind of, he yeah, actually... Because it's, it's the idea of, like, the, the inner animal, so to speak, yeah. letting it out, and just being a violent monster, so to speak. And, and he actually does, uh, interestingly, he does, like, a similar thing with his dad early mm. on in the film, and it's like... Man, even, like, the royalty in this universe, like, I mean, they're still, like, brutal, like, savages. It will... yeah. Maybe I shouldn't keep you as the savages for too much, but they, they commit savage violence. Yeah. And, yeah, I think as we see throughout the course of the film, um, where he goes on this revenge quest against his uncle, um, trying to, you know, um, find a way to, 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 you know, kill and get revenge over his uncle and you really start to see that he's really not that different from him. Like, and mm. and it's arguable that maybe his uncle is actually maybe a better person than him. It's it's definitely, at least initially, it's like, he seems to have had, I think I always say it's like, he got his humble pie served to him. Because another, another guy came around, fucked him, fucked him over, and he's like, well, I'm just going to live somewhere else. And yeah. Yeah. He's living a very, I don't know what you'd call it, a simple life, I a guess, very, where he's a, just, like, ahead of a town, I guess. Now. A very simple life. And, and I did like that take yeah. on it, because I didn't actually know that going into the film. And I don't think I've no. seen that in another version of this story, where it's like, oh, yeah, my, I'm the royal, I'm the, 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 um, the, the prince, I'm the, the crown, what, what, do you, what do you call it, like, when you, the... 
you're the you're the he was like first the, he in was line. Like the, he was yeah, he was the heir to the yeah. When you're the, heir, the when you're the heir to the throne, and then like you get overthrown by some you know person. Well, by the time you want to take revenge, he's he doesn't even have the throne anymore. I I yeah. thought that was interesting because like yeah, that doesn't usually happen, and it really shows this. Um, this uncle, I believe his name is uh, Fjolnir, the character's name? Yeah, Fjolnir. Yeah, he really shows Fjolnir at his lowest point, like, what, his lowest point, like, he didn't mm. even keep that throne that he took from his brother, no. and he's just living with his family, his kids, and and his wife, just, like, on some farm, I think, I believe it's in Iceland where it is, like, um... I believe it's meant to be in Iceland, Yeah, where most yeah. of the film is, and he's actually living a pretty sad life, I mean, it's not a bad life, he... He's better than like the slaves that he owns, but like, yeah. but he, but he's not rich, and it, it's interesting. Yeah, no, it's interesting where it's like, what is Amleth like? You know, our main character even fighting for? He's he's not even there yeah. to regain his throne. He's literally just there to kill to kill out of revenge. Like he, he doesn't get any other purpose out of this. No, and, and that's I, that is kind of uh, yeah. That's probably the whole. F- that is the thesis of the whole movie in a way where it's like. What is the point of this revenge at a certain point? Like, what are you actually doing this for? Yeah. And the film kind of... What's that? Yeah, no, did you, you go on? Oh, yeah, no. And just, like, how the film explores that idea through not only um, our main character, but also, like, um, is it Olga he meets along the way? Um, I forget her character's name, but you're talking about Anya Taylor-Joy? Anya Taylor-Joy, yeah. yeah. I feel like her name was Olga, but I could be wrong. Yeah, something like that. It's, it's been a long time since I saw this movie. It's been like almost But like how their relationship, and it's like, yeah. How their relationship and how it is like reflective of, you know, his inability to let go of his revenge. Yeah, yeah, he's, exactly. He's so, he's so laser focused on like, revenge. Yeah, like, there, he has like, an um, you could say something tethering him to the real world, to like, mm. humanity, but... Yeah. It's this tug and pull of like what is actually driving it. Like what are these 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 animalistic yeah. and arguably, you know, human, you know, very I would say actually very human That's, you know, yeah. like bad impulses and then and delusions of grandeur that, that are driving him, that are his main motivation. Yeah, and it's it's also something you referenced, I think, before you said like it follows like fable or like a story rules where it's like, why did you do this? Like because that's the point of the story. Yeah. He has to keep doing these things. Yeah. And then uh, it really shows how bad of a person he is. I mean, he does some oh, pretty yeah, horrible yeah, things, awful, not, not just early awful. early in the film. Um, and then, but, but, you know, later in the film, like, mm. I, 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 my allegiances were a little bit torn towards the end. I'm like, man, like, did that person deserve this? These, these people, yeah, these, these other like, people that are dying in the process of, of, of his quest for revenge? And I'm like, yeah, probably not. Like, like what did they do? Yeah. They didn't hurt you. Um, maybe, they're, maybe they're assholes because, you know, these people own slaves and they're probably not the best people, but who are you to judge, so to speak? <laughs> I mean, like... yeah, I mean, he enslaved other people. That's the thing. Like, mm. um, he he was very much a, a slaver, at least his his, his group oh, yeah. was a slaver before. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just I just love the style of the film. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the ending is just so cinematic. Oh, like, like, there's literally a scene which is, like, non-literal where you see, like, a fucking Valkyrie like flying in the sky like riding in the sky and it's like this it's like the moment where like okay this is the end like this is like the great march that um our our hero is going to go on to to his to his end like and yeah and that that like the battle at the end is just in the the setting that it takes place in like oh Mm. my god i mean a little bit of a little bit of star wars you want you want to think about that 
I'm about to say, yeah. I, I thought, when I was like, I was like, huh, a volcano. Hmm. <laughs> Better than Star Wars. I mean, I was more invested. I was more invested. I was way more invested, and it's way more like brutal and just fucking hell. Again. Yeah. I mean, These two yeah. people just are so driven by their like obsession now. It's just ah, oh, incredible. Yeah. yeah, I mean everything this director's done, um, the lighthouse and the witch, I've loved. I mean, yeah, li- I love the lighthouse. Yeah, I mean he's just such a distinctive filmmaker, Robert Eggers. His mm. films don't—they feel kind of like out of time. That they, they don't like feel like they're in the time that they're kind of making it, making it yeah. in. Um, he he reminds me a little of Guillermo del Toro, who may or may not come later on this yeah. list, where his films have a very—I think I refer to um Guillermo del Toro as like a dark fantasy kind of um director whereas I think so far I would describe Robert Eggers for the most part as like kind of this gothic fable director I guess is what I'd call it I don't know if that makes sense yeah like his stories are like very again they're fables and they're sort of this weird gothic kind of dark and weird universe that doesn't all, all of his, always all make of, sense all of his it, movies yeah. are quite dark in tone and in visuals yeah. and he's also very much like one who is very much obsessed with like these period these interesting periods of history um yeah. and, and they're not always the most conventional periods of history like uh, no. the witch was like i mean well, salem witch trials you don't get too many movies set during that period because it's a very not very happy period of time uh, and yeah. the lighthouse it's like a late 1800s like early 1900s like in like you know very much that new england kind of you know a, a period yeah. of america um and just they're, on a they're, lighthouse yeah island. and their accents yeah. in that movie are just incomprehensible because of yeah. like how they spoke back then it's just like really hard yeah, to understand exactly. um he's such an interesting director i can't wait to see his next film everything he's done has been yeah. great and, and yeah it's just north northman yeah. fantastic yeah. film another another great film to add to his <laughs> very good lineup all right i have rolled an 11 Ooh. So, uh, I haven't... Oh, actually, Dragon Ball Super was not the only film on oh, your list that I haven't okay. seen. So, would you like to talk about... I ha- I can't think of a joke with this movie. How, wh- what do you want to say with Prey? Okay, so, again, this is another movie, again... In another year, maybe this wouldn't have made it on my list, but, again, I enjoyed this film for how different it was compared to the other films I've seen in this franchise, so... For those who don't know, Prey is a prequel to all the Predator movies. Now, the Predator movie, especially the first one, actually mainly the first one if I'm being honest, it's a very interesting kind of action movie because of how it portrays, like... In, in the original Predator, it's this very... It's this kind of joke on hyper-masculinity. Because you have all these guys, especially Arnold, who are like these huge muscle men gunning down villages in a vaguely african asian jungle don't think about it too hard and it's like yeah we're manly as fuck woo look at us and then they just get dismantled by this alien so it's a a kind of build it's a kind of it's a way a weird send up and then take down of this kind of genre of like a hyper masculinity or like a satire a a little bit it's a little bit of a satire and a deconstruction which if you've seen i forget the name of the director but he's also the guy who made i think die hard and a couple of other really good action films. It's like he likes taking the ideas of action films and then playing with them a little. And I think this this film Prey did something a little similar, in the sense that it's it is a story about a Native American woman and how she wants to prove herself as like a hunter. Um, so she wants to like you know go out on a hunt, find like a bear or or like a 
deer or a stag or something to really prove herself, and instead comes across this fucking monster that is... Because, again, it's a futuristic alien, and they're Native Americans in, like, the um, the era where I think the, Spa- the Spanish are starting to invade. Like, they are not fucking close in terms of technology, that you have, like, almost no chance against this thing. And so they portray this really interesting thing of how she wants to... She builds herself up to be this this kind of um, great hunter because she, she will look for things that the other people in her group aren't because they're used to their way of thinking of, like, this is how the hunt is. This is how you do the hunt. This is how it has to go. And there's a, whole, there's a lot of interesting ideas going on with that. But then again, yeah, you add the element of weird fuck-off alien <laughs> and how that plays into the ideas of, um, like, you know, just... What is this thing? How do I kill it? It's so unfamiliar. And then in the end, that kind of plays to the thing of she becomes an incredible hunter because she is able to beat the spoilers. You know, you know, you know. Oh, what? <laughs> she did not become the prey. She did not. No. She did not get I, I pred- do, I, predatored. I, I do <laughs> like that as a naming convention. I think that was a fun idea because it's like, even though, yes, the Predator movies don't focus on the Predator. This one is definitely... It actually tries to do something with the human character. It yeah. tries to actually build something out of this franchise that's otherwise just been big, dumb, muscle men, kill, alien, or die. That's kind of the franchise at this point. Even Predators, which I liked, not it's not as close to this. I think this is a much better handling of this world and this concept and how you can do interesting things with it. Because, again, it's a Native American setting. They their weaponry is completely different. Their knowledge of the universe, literal, and also just the world in general, is completely different. You have very, you have a very unique setting to play out this character and her situation. Um, and I think it also it kind of because as well the setting of again very low tech people. It actually ramps up the horror a bit better than a lot of the other ones where they've got machine guns and grenades and whatever. You do look at them and you go, you've got an arrow and like some trip trip traps maybe. How the fuck are you going to like succeed? And it, the way she does I think is very, very interesting to watch. And it's, I think it, I personally found it a very, uh, not very, but a more compelling film than anything I've seen in this franchise so far. And I think a very a very good entry in this franchise to really kind of make it, you know, enjoyable for a modern audience who maybe the prestige that they were going for in the older movies just doesn't resonate anymore. I, I don't know. Yeah, so Pred- Predators is one of the, one of those franchises. It's just I had never actually gotten to watching. So I haven't seen any of the Predator films, but it, yeah. I have heard the first one. Everyone says the first one's really good, and people yes. are kind of mixed on the second and Predators. Yep. And then uh, I think they made like a reboot and everyone hated it or something. Yeah, The Predator or whatever, which is the one which, that Shane Black directed and was just apparently awful. Yeah, so, so yeah. Pre- but Prey, it doesn't sound like there's much of a content, much of a through line of a story connecting them all. They're all kind of like just different settings They're... where the Predator attacks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I think this one does make one or two connections to older films, but... I can't really remember, so I'm not gonna say for certain, just in case it doesn't. But I feel like it did. But um, yeah. But from yeah, from I... what I understand of Predator as a universe, I mean, 
like, just what you said, like, it seems like a story where taking on unconventional approaches, like, not just having, like, more firepower, more guns, being the yes. stronger guy, being the stronger hunter will help you out, you know, outmaneuver yeah. the predator. So, yeah, taking into a setting like, um, you know, Native Amer- like the Native American, you know, pre-colonization, um, yeah. Yeah, taking it to there it just seems like a per- match made in heaven. I, it was like one of those things where as soon as the trailer came out, or as soon as I saw the concept, I was like, that's actually a really good idea. Like, it's yeah. it's one of those things where everyone kind of agreed, like, wow, that's actually different from how this franchise has always been and could be, like, an interesting take on the universe. Yeah. Uh, absolutely yeah. do you does that movie i don't does it set up a sequel or is there any hint there's gonna be like another one like yes in a similar and, yes and no it, it, i i would say this movie like up i would say 99 percent of this movie is self-contained there's like a one percent where they do vaguely set up something else but it's it's kind of one of those things where without spoiling it the implication is it's like okay you could handle like you handled this one Who's to say what happens when one or more shows up? Right. Like you, you got in a way you almost got lucky here. Like you were you able you were able to outsmart it. You were able to beat it. Maybe that won't happen next time. We'll ha- we'll have to wait and see. I would love to see either a a continuation of this particular movie or even just like I mean everyone brings it up. Just do a samurai movie or a ninja movie with predators because it's like come on exactly. Exactly. Like, it'd it just end, be fun. At the end of the day, it's like uh, a predator is just like a hypothetical warrior. You like, and you, yeah. people always make those whole, you know, those hypothetical fights. Who wins between, you know, a samurai and a Viking, a pirate, mm. pirate and a ninja, all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, exactly. Throw, throw in the predator in there. And it, it does really like throw this whole thing of like, well, everything you understood about that like character archetype is like, kind of gets tossed in tossed away because it's like well this thing's just better so it's like how do you fuck how do you fucking handle that and that's i think yeah again this movie does a lot to like portray um this character as someone who is capable and eventually is able to conquer the her enemy and it's very i i i enjoyed it quite a lot maybe it doesn't hold up to scrutiny again especially compared to some of the other movies we're going to be talking about and already have but I don't know. I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was a very good, just a very good action movie. Very fun, very enjoyable. Next film. I suspect foul play, <laughs> and I've eliminated <laughs> no suspects. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, god. Okay. <laughs> fucking love him so much yeah. as Benoit Blanc. It's such a good role. Um, so yeah, Glass Onion. <laughs> Glass Onion. Um, a film that was originally on your list but was eliminated at some point. It's it's still, um, it could be on my list. It's really close, but yes, it is It yeah. is definitely a great movie regardless of where it is. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think we both have small problems with the film, but overall, like, still another great, great outing from Ryan Johnson with this character and this universe of like kind of like i don't know what you because they're murder mysteries but like how would you describe they're them, whodunits I like uh, yeah they're who, like, who i don't know who <laughs> came up with that term but there and it's like a weird term because it doesn't really sound like a, like a it's not it's like a it's the made-up word it's like combining multiple words but it's it's the most appropriate term for this genre 
Who did it? Exactly. That's your question. Who done it? That is your question every time you watch one of these movies. You just want to know who done, yeah. who done it. Who done it? Who did the thing? Where did they do it? And why? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Glass Onion, sequel to Knives Out. It's another Ryan Johnson, Benoit Blanc murder mystery. Um, I don't think... I think most people have seen the first movie, right? And... I feel like I feel like if you haven't somehow... In saying that, I had a... I had, um... But then again, she hasn't seen anything. I have a friend who has <laughs> A friend, seen yeah. She we have a common friend who hasn't hasn't seen much and yeah. <laughs> needs to be shown everything. We, it's it's a good excuse for us to revisit movies we like. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, hey, you haven't seen this? Let's watch. Yeah, so um yeah, so in, in this in this new story with Benoit Blanc, um he is given an invitation to mm. um this very rich billionaire's private island for a murder mystery party where they're meant to solve mm. his own murder. He's invited yes. all of his friends, all of his closest friends to come with him for this weekend for this um for this party and then Benoit gets an invitation as well and then I guess they need to figure out, you know, who mm. who is going to murder um this, you know, eccentric billionaire um played by Edward Norton. What was the character's name again? What was it? Uh, what the fuck was It was, was a couple name? months ago I seen the movie. I watched it even a few months ago, and I... There's a lot of character names, so I don't remember. I think we're just going to call every character by that. Miles. Miles Braun. Miles Braun. That's it. Miles Braun. It's not a very, like, you know... The Braun is the unique part, but Miles is, like, a very standard name, so that's probably why I didn't remember it. Yeah, but, but Glass Onion, just like Knives Out, it, it's a really tightly mm. woven um, murder mystery, one that keeps you guessing... Um, it has, and, you know, I think that Ryan Johnson very much likes to play with conventions within this genre. Yes, absolutely. He, he, he never does, like, a murder mystery straight up. And, and the first movie we very much found that out, where, like, literally, like, a third of the way through, it's, like, yeah. it kind of becomes a different movie than what you expect. This one, yeah. I think, maybe, like, at a halfway point, it... it, yeah, it almost literally the middle yeah of the I, I would say there's a very clear halfway point in the film where it very much changes the direction places you were not expecting he very much likes to play with genre very much likes to play with um tropes um to really to really great effect to keep the audience guessing to, to, to make you question um things that happened earlier in the film like there's a lot of details like i've watched the film twice now um there's a lot of details that i picked up that i didn't see the first time and Honestly, yeah. I'm I'm not surprised that I didn't see it the first time because yeah. these are it's really hard to concentrate on what is important when there's just so much on screen. Like and I think there was literally only one thing I picked up that really made me real like that immediately gave me a clue as to how this movie actually conclude like the the actual resolution of what happened yeah. later in the film without spoiling it there's only one thing i picked up where i was like i did remember that <laughs> there, there are some chekhov's guns in this movie and i think you, i feel yeah. like you should be able to tell what the chekhov's guns are um some literal chekhov's guns <laughs> there is yeah there actually is i forgot there's a gun yeah. in the, um yeah. and another type of gun <laughs> mm. yeah um so but i feel like what, what really stands out with um the benoit blanc series what really stands out on the writing is that these movies are just so funny like th yeah. they are just they they are just so much fun like they don't really get bogged down too much in being an overly serious murder mystery um because a lot of the characters are idiots yeah <laughs> like it's especially in this one this one is like I don't. I don't know exactly. I mean, it's deconstructing a, and not deconstructing. It's it's really playing on a lot of different 
individuals and you could see that in the film i, I think because we we saw this in theaters for like the one half a week it was running yeah we it, it was <laughs> only out for one week because the sequel was on oh netflix God. for some reason and they don't want to release it in theaters it makes sense for the business strategy so one week but it was so weird we that they released it. it in theaters and then it didn't come out on netflix for like another two months it was so yeah weird. i don't know why they they put it out that far in advance you should put it like like yeah. a few weeks you want it to like the hype to still be there when the full release comes out yeah, because, like, we saw it, and it was like, oh, it's a great movie, and everyone's like, oh, can I watch it? I'm like, nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> How do I watch okay. it? You don't. You gotta w- don't. You go wait two months. Ugh. But, like, there's so many incredible comedic moments in this film. Just, again, the uh, the stereotypes, I guess you'd call them, that these characters play, especially, I think, Dave Batista fucking killed me. De- I love Dave De- Batista. Dave Batista is play. playing this weird kind of, like, mra twitch streamer who is like a very yeah. much like a big muscly dude bro who is mm. like into like super big into like very traditional masculine oh. i mean it's david batista he look he looks jacked to shit you know as he always yeah. does um uh, i think he's meant to be some sort of like joe rogan type but there's there's some weird well, kind of like supplements. alex yeah. jones kind of things here and there as well yeah um he's hilarious oh my um, god it's so Oh. Then, like, there's this Kate Hudson who's playing oh. this um this this fashion model um turn like kind of um I don't know what the word is the person who kind of like fashion influencer fa- I guess. yeah influencer fa- fashion designer who is completely yeah. self absorbed and too stupid to live yeah i think (laughs) like lacking in some brain cells some of the some of her lines in this movie are so funny like (laughs) the one about the sweatshops got me i burst out do we do we burst out laughing i swear it was so funny the, the minute the minute her assistant's like do you think sweatshops? I'm like, no. yeah, yeah. Like, as, as soon as when she's no, like as soon as she started that line, I'm like, oh my god, is she gonna say what she said? I think she's gonna yeah, say. And then I'm you like, see it, and then her reaction, the way she plays it, is like, well, duh. Like, like, oh my god, you're too stupid. Like every, uh, there's literally, I love how there's literally a line where Benoit Blanc is calling her stupid, and it's like mm. it's it's something like, do not confuse, um. Speaking the truth. Spe- yeah, speaking. yeah, like speaking your mind for like. No, speaking without thought um, means speaking your mind or something. I can't remember. It was something, it, like, it was something like, you know, st- saying what you think is the truth means you're saying something smart. Um, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. And then she's just like. Are you calling me like what was it something like, like you know dangerous, dangerous? like <laughs> yes that's exactly yes. what she's saying Birdie yes you're oh my you're God. A, you're just an untamed genius you know oh. yes the, uh, was... you definitely got blocked from Twitter because they couldn't handle all those racial slurs you were saying well, yeah, it I was too much truth in there oh my God. There were so many, like, okay, I know what that's inspired by. It's just funny. Like, I think, what is it? What did she say? It's like, it's like, yeah, we haven't, she hasn't been allowed back since her Halloween costume. It's like, it was a tribute to Beyonce. And it's like, who is that one? Who's, uh, that, that was Birdie as well. I think all the dumb shit. Is, no, but um, the inspiration uh, in real life. Oh, Beyonce. <laughs> no, but like, like, like. The... Oh, no, Justin Trudeau. I think it's meant to be like a play on, like, oh, like, yeah, Justin, Justin Trudeau. Oh, yeah. Other guys. That makes sense. Or, like, other, other figures <laughs> yeah. who, like, did blackface. Yeah, it's a great way to say she did blackface. Oh, it was a tribute to yeah. Beyonce. <laughs> I brilliant. thought that meant 
Yeah, it's like I didn't think it was a Jew. I I didn't know that I didn't know they referred to Jews Jewy. (laughs) The word Jewy. (laughs) Just oh my god, there's so many great lines. Oh my god, yeah, and then like the only I think I I I, I, even after seeing the movie a second time, I think I could definitely say this. The only one who's sadly a little bit wasted is um, Leslie Autumn Jr. Leslie Autumn Jr. does not have much to do, but I feel like sadly. I, I feel like there's quite a few characters that don't round out the um, the the group as much because they're not as funny. They're more serious characters. Yeah, Catherine Hahn is a little bit of that. Although Catherine Hahn is also allowed to tell some jokes because she is incredibly funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her like those two in particular. Those two are the main two where it's like. They don't really serve to tell jokes. They're kind of just, you know, part of the whodunit crew of like, oh, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Ugh. Yeah, more like all that. More characters for exposition, very much. Pretty much. Um, and yeah, it, it's a murder mystery. It's a it's a well told murder mystery. Mm. Um, they give you various reasons why you should suspect each of these people of potentially committing a murder. Mm. Why? What what their motive is, and you know where they could have been at certain times. Um, it, it's all quite... It, you know, it, it's all pretty well told. Um, the, the centerpiece, I feel like the heart of the film, though, um, is very much Janelle Monet's character. She plays like an outsider to this group. Um, I believe her character's name is Andy. Um, where That's the character that we're introduced to early on in the film. And she's like this ex-business partner of Miles Braun, like the Edward Norton, the billionaire. And, you know, she has, like, you know, she got kicked out of the company since she got screwed over. And it's this big question of why she's here. And you find out more about her character, and she's very much kind of, like, the emotional center. The person that you're really rooting for throughout the film, especially once you find out more about what's going on with her. Um, I I will say, in terms of, like, some criticism of the film, why it's maybe not, like, as high on my list... I do think it's not quite as strong as Knives Out. I definitely think that Knives Out is the better film. Um, I think it might be funnier overall, but, you know, both movies are pretty funny. Um, I think that Glass Onion, the way it's constructed, um, it's really impossible to predict certain plot twists. They, they simply yeah. don't give you enough information to see things. Yeah. Like, it, it does come together. Like, they reveal some new things, and then you piece it together, things that you did see, and then be like, oh, I put things, that puts things in a new light. But it's yeah. it's not one of those films where if you go into a whodunit and you want to predict who's going to commit the murder, and you, like, you cannot predict... I mean, you, you sort of can, but, like... But, but you cannot predict specific things because you just... You yeah. ha- you are missing so much information from the beginning of this film, the- and there's also like, I, I think we talked about this without spoiling it. The film lies to it you. It does, at certain yes. Uh, but <laughs> I like that it lies to you because the way, at least what I think what you're talking about, the way that it lies yeah. to you is that you can still figure out it was a lie if you were paying attention. But yeah. then there's other. Th- I think I think I was I was watching it with my friend who hasn't seen a lot of things. She immediately picked up. She's like. That's weird. I don't remember that. And I'm like, mm, maybe keep a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I did think that when they were dra- drawing attention to it, I'm like, should I rewind? I can't. I'm watching this at a theater. I can't rewind it. <laughs> no, exactly. But if I, that's how I but if I, I like, but hmm. if I watched it for the first time, I, I would have been able to rewind it. And you, I, I do wonder how many people who watched it on Netflix for the first time immediately rewound the scene yeah. and then it ruined the whole thing. Um, yeah. but yeah, so, but I, one of the other thing, problems I have with the film is that 
I think that Ryan Johnson has settled into a pattern with the way he does mm. whodunits, and I really hope that he breaks from this pattern if uh, in a third Benoit Blanc film, because mm. he is adhered to this formula very much, um, and I feel like it makes his mysteries too easy to solve. Um, yeah. it, it's very much, he, he very much is good at misdirection, but you, I've reached the point where, like, I know everywhere that you're trying to misdirect me, there is only one thing that is clearly standing out among the things that you're misdirecting from. Like, there's one thing yes. that clearly stands out, and even though you've tried to misdirect me, you've, he misdirects in a way where it's like, it's too even. Where it's like all of these things are competing together that I can see the thing that is standing in plain sight, and and that's kind of the message of the, that is the theme of the film. That's that's yeah, like that's what I was gonna get into is like that is kind of the point, but I agree that it yeah yeah that that is the point that that is the I do like the way they constructed the metaphor like um I like that the way he approached the titling of the film and the <clears throat> the narrative where like he wanted to. He wanted the title to literally be something that was was stood out in plain sight, like or, or like or was invisible in yeah. plain sight, something that you could see the entire time, but but you can't see like the center. Like, you need to see, you need to pay attention to it. Um, but it's, and then you realize it's, it's well, there it's the entire the idea, time. Yeah, the the idea of a glass onion. I, I think he literally says it's like you can peel back all these layers, all these different factors that matter and will change your ideas. But at the end of the day. You can already see it. Yeah. It's dead. It's it's a the glass. The center is clear from the very beginning, and yeah. uh, that's very much the way Glass Onion is told uh, as as a as a mystery. Um, and I don't think it's that dissimilar from the way he told Knives Out. Like Knives Out has really. has a similar yeah. thing where like the answer is kind of in plain sight, but they misdirect you in a key way. And yeah. I think the that misdirection works better in Knives Out one because you're not expecting it because you don't know how he writes mysteries. Mm. And other, I think it's just it's it's just hid better in general. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, like once again though, it doesn't detract from the characters. I mean, Benoit Blanc is a character that we haven't talked to touch on him. Oh my god, he's just he, I, I love him. He's in this. just incredible. His accent is just hilarious. Every line he speaks. Yeah, I mean, literally, yeah. The what is he he i forget he says a really i mean all of his lines are incredible if you really think about it but there's so many like yeah just the the inherently funny way he talks it's that it's just, just that, funny. that perfect the way they they, they said in like the uh in knives out was like get rid of that that foghorn leghorn like whatever something yeah. voice I'm like that's what it is yeah. like it's it's that southern drawl taken to such a strong extent that it's just is just it is a joke in it in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it's the it's the it's like it doesn't like the line from the first one that um, you said one of them, but the other one is like it doesn't make any damn sense. It compels, it compels me, me though. though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love seeing people use that for like movies, where it's just like it doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> He's a very, very quotable character, and he, oh, yeah. I love his outfits as well in this movie. He, oh, he's yeah. just so flamboyant. Like when he shows up to the to the pool and like his his little weird sailor bathing suit was a, yeah. that was so good. I'm just like he's just a really likable character that you just want to follow, yeah. and you just 
everything he says. He, I love how he's so curious about mysteries. He, he's curious about solving them. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't take them so seriously. He's just like he just has this fixation on solving he's like, them. He's, he's a he's like an excited child almost. Yeah. And they they do they do play on that joke in the film without spoiling it. But they do have this moment where he just explain something and then they're just like okay yep, yeah cool thanks um i do like the a joke very early on in the movie where they reference something that was very relevant not oh, that yeah. long ago and it was like oh he's just so starved for like solving mysteries that he's doing this and he doesn't really get it but i'm like when i saw him like that okay that was so funny that was so out of nowhere it, 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 it got me because i was like wow okay i didn't think i especially like because again we saw it in cinema yeah and i'm so like, like big screen i'm like wait what oh. that's in a movie somebody put that in a movie and uh, he had like real actors like commenting on it like oh um, yeah but incredible but speaking of that like there's lots of great cameos in this movie oh just, yeah just just random famous people you do not expect to show up um, one... This was the year of Ethan Hawke, side note. Yeah, like... <laughs> he was that's everything. Spo- but that's an early cameo of his. Oh, sorry. I, yeah, I might. No, but like... Spoiler tag. That, but like, that, God, that, he was everywhere. That cameo is so weird. Because what, yeah. what was he in the movie for? He never shows he up again. Like, yeah, it's like he's just... Because he's there when they get there. And then it's like, oh, well, goodbye. Why did you hire such a famous actor to, to do such a tiny, meaningless role? Um, I'd like to believe that Ryan Johnson just is friends with people, and he's just like, hey, can you come over for like five minutes? And they're like, yeah, sure. That is essentially what Daryl was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, was, da- but I love Daryl was just Ryan Johnson's friend who was apparently in his other movies, so he just got cast as literally just just a random guy who just hangs out on the Don't island. Don't worry, he's not important to the story. And I'm like, or something like that. <laughs> I love that, great. I'm always wondering, like, is that a red herring? And I'm like, no, it's actually... No, it's not even a red that, herring. I, I, he's I, he's, I he's was, there. I kind of... I kind of was, like, hoping was, like, they, not that they develop it as a red herring, but that he just keeps showing up and, like, like, keep appearing with, like, stuff, and it's like, why is he holding that? <laughs> eh, it doesn't matter. But then, like, no, I literally, he just at the end Good of the Good old Daryl. Like, oh, okay. The only non-suspicious <laughs> person here. Don't worry, he's just going through some things. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, any uh, last thoughts on that? <sighs> no, again, I really enjoyed this movie. It's still in my top ten, but I can completely understand why it could have been knocked down. It's it, yeah, it's a gr- it's it a gr- it's problems. a great film. I mean, whether it's yeah. whether it's on my list or not, I mean, it, it probably would have it, it definitely would have been in another year. Who knows? All right, next film. Okay, so oh um, Ooh. Ooh. this was a great year for international films, and. Ah. I don't watch too many international films. I maybe like watch maybe like mm. a couple per year. Um, this movie did not get nominated for best international feature at the Oscars. I don't know why, because it was fantastic. Um, mm. This I'm going to be talking about "Decision to Leave," uh, a oh, cor- yes. Korean film by uh, Park Chan Wook, who is best known for um, "Old Boy." Very like that's right. Probably yes. like which was pretty much. The most famous film out of Korea until Parasite. Like that's Pre- that. Pretty much. That was the movie that really put like Korea on the map and like showed some of like the amazing stories coming out of that. And then you know the Korean wave really continues with like, the Parasite and Squid Game and like stuff mm. like that. Like um, so Decision to Leave is another dra- um, film by him. Mm-hmm. He also made some other great movies like Handmaiden. That's another one worth watching. Oh yeah, yeah. So Decision to Leave essentially it's it's kind of like a noir thriller, a noir mm. murder mystery. Um, not a murder mystery, but like a noir kind of mystery. Um, it follows this detective who is investigating the death of this 
the death of this man who's been ruled as an accident um he's he's a police yeah he's a police detective and mm. he m- encounters the the de- the deceased wife and then you know it's kind of a mystery it's oh obviously there's going to be some questions about how did this man die um and what is her involvement in all of this it's a mm. really interesting movie um that is not just about you know who is this character who is this woman yeah. and you know how um, what, what was she, was she is she a murderer it's actually like a weird love story where oh. the detective it's very she's very much like becomes like a femme fatale character where the detective almost huh. becomes kind of obsessed with her and mm. but they're also but they're kind of obsessed with each other it's this weird hmm. it's this really really weird and interesting um relationship dynamic where they're both kind of suspicious or like they're of each other or one of them is suspicious of each other for various reasons and the other yeah. one is kind of lying to the other person but they mm. feel very much compelled um by each other and it's really hard to tell where it's going like that mm, like okay, i like yeah, i can yeah. say that pretty much without giving anything away about the film because i mean yeah because it because it keeps going on and on like that's only you get the sense of what the movie's like what i've just told you is the first like 20 minutes half an hour pretty much you can yeah okay, like yeah. and it just keeps going and you just keep seeing more and more things um kind of happen in the relationship between these two characters it's a very kind of um almost kind of like erotic movie it's not very sexual huh. it's not super sexual but there's a lot of like it's very moody it's it, uh, okay it, it, yeah i get what you mean i get what you mean. It, it's very very moody in its tone and it has some it just has a really really interesting character dynamic um the performances are fantastic by both the lead actor and the lead actress um i don't know mm of their names unfortunately um i'm not too familiar with either of their works they haven't been in any other korean cinema um that i've seen um but yeah it, it, it's it's a fantastic movie um one of the one of the best of the year um okay. very much like in that new wave of like <laughs> korean movies and korean um tv shows really making a dent in the west and like showing like really interesting stories being told there yeah no yeah and that makes and it I would obviously, yeah, I'm, I am interested to check this out because yeah, somehow I've missed Old Boy. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, uh, Old I Boy need to is go like, back and watch it. It's like one of those like must watch movies. Like, have you been spoiled on yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, fine. That's okay, the that's problem. the. I was spoiled too, but that's okay because yeah. it's still incredible. It's still yeah, fantastic, I'm, I'm even it can, if you know what can survive the spoil. Yeah, even if you know what's gonna happen, because it is the most famous thing about the movie. Yeah, it's like, Ooh. but like. He's very good at drawing meaning, very good at, at mm. doing analogies. Um, he, he like Park Chan Wook very much has. He understands literature. He he does reference things from literature. And Old Boy is like a movie, which is very much a reference to the mm. original story that might you might be like kind of connected to that subject matter. Okay. Yeah, and then like, there's some interesting references to stuff like that. Okay, um, I'll, yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, great movie. Um, what is the next one? Yeah, next one. Because, yeah, sadly, again, haven't seen it, so can't comment, but it does sound very interesting, and I will have to check it out. All right. This will not make sense for other people 
not watching this video, this non-existent <laughs> video. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's a good old pinch note here. I, I love Zack Snyder as a director. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes oh I don't know. So that was like a the nose growing with talking about Pinocchio, Pinocchio. Pinocchio. I, oh, because this one was maybe going to be on your list, but then another film that we still haven't talked about. I wonder if that film is literally going to be the last thing we talk about. It It might be, but just by random chance. Serendipitous or whatever the term is. But, so this film knocked, this film was knocked out because of that. Well, not just because of that. There was probably some other reasons as well. But, I fucking love Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. And, what I, and this wasn't just him, like, there was obviously, I forget his name, I think it's Mark Gustafsson, I think is his name, or Gustafsson. Is he, the, he, was, is he a writer or a director of the movie? No, 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 that's the person who handled the... Because the, all the stop motion work wasn't actually handled by Guillermo. Yeah, I mean, it makes he sense. He just had the vision a, and, like, the storyboard. He's not an animator. He was actually handled... Yeah. So, just as much credit needs to go to Mark Gustafsson for his for his assistance in, crea- in actually bringing the vision to life, so to speak. But, man... What a great adaptation of the Pinocchio story. Like just the like a lot of the ideas and the setting and the way it handles the characters so that it's not cuz if you know that if you know with Pinocchio it's a it, it, it is like well it is fitting that we brought this up with the Northman where it's it's a fable or it's a story with a with a message behind it of always do what you're told, never lie, listen to your parents. Whereas this movie kind of twists that to go, no, sometimes it's good to lie. Um, you don't always have to be perfect. And your parents might not know what's best for you, but it's important to listen to them. And it's important to, and eventually by the end of the film, understand where they're coming from as well and their like situation and what they've had to deal with. And it's just so well crafted, both, like again, visually and... In terms of its writing, I feel it really, it really does just, yeah, it's just such a great way to present this story and the idea of this story in a way that, again, not even just obviously Disney's Pinocchio, but like just other versions of the story haven't really explored, I think. Yeah, I mean, Pinocchio, I really like Guillermo del Toro's um, Pinocchio. It's it's one of those movies where um, I'm actually surprised at how well it works as a traditional adaptation of Pinocchio. I thought he actually he would do yeah. more subversions of the Pinocchio story of the Pinocchio story, um, but it actually mm. is. Um, it, it keeps the, the message at its core, I think. Um, and it's very much a movie that uh, can be consumed by kids, I feel like. Um, but older yeah. older kids. But it very much... Yeah. The ways it differs from the traditional Pinocchio story are, are really good ways that, that deepens the narrative. So um, it's a movie that's not really just about, oh, be a good kid and don't lie. Yeah. It's, um, it explores, you know, what... It, it, it explores, like, the complexities of, of parenthood. Like, mm. Pinocchio is, is a flawed son. He's a really, like, you know, mischievous kid. Um, He's not, like, yes. this this perfect fairy tale child that exists to just be, like, perfect son. Um, You know, he does a lot of 
dumb things um that kids get up to and in reaction um i always forget i always forget what the father's called geppetto Geppetto, yeah geppetto you know is really not um on board at first he's actually not a loving caring father and there's this one scene you know where he you know he pretty much tells like um pinocchio to like fuck off like yeah yeah, like he he doesn't love him as a a son um and uh, uh you know he doesn't he doesn't show that parental side and it, it, it's rare to see that. It's rare to see, like, a father um, not really showing that in their film. And, of course, there's more mm. to it. And then he he, gr- he grows massively over the course of the film in terms of his relationship with Pinocchio and his relationship with, with, with just the idea of fatherhood um, and of, of having, like, a son, having, having like, a child. Um, and I just thought that they were very incredibly compelling as characters. They were just... Uh, yeah. yeah, really easy to root for, and they really do go through like a lot of hardship, um, because this movie does have like a darker tone. It, it's not just the oh, it's it's not just the events of the film, uh, the events of like the original film or events of the book. It's like that plus lots of other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think I referenced the setting, which I was like, huh? It's like, oh, this is uh, when is this meant to take place? And then a visual came up, and I'm like. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is gonna be fun. Nineteen. It's gonna be a fun. Nineteen thirties. What am I gonna say? Mm, yeah, mm, exactly. it was a very, was... very peaceful, very thrown out gang signs, yeah. so to speak. Oh, did, they do, did they do that? And I think at one point one oh. of the characters just does that because even though it isn't in Germany, I think that was like they are sort allies. Of they are allies. <laughs> and we do see a certain character show up, and they treat him as a fucking joke. And I'm like, he, good, he is a good. joke. I mean, he's a <laughs> he was a dumb guy, he was, he, and he looked he dumb a... as fuck. Yeah, so he's. I think he's voiced he's... by SpongeBob of all really, people. Really, um, that makes sense. He's he's very doing a very dumb voice. He's very <laughs> easy to do a to draw a caricature of. Yeah. Um. But yeah, of course, because with the setting, you know, 1930s Italy, um, exploring, mm. you know, kind of like the rise of fascism. I do think it was an interesting kind of through line they did with the rise of fascism, connecting mm. with, like, I guess partially, I guess the discrimination of the town against. Well, yeah, because I was going to say it's it's also a film that explores like the idea of yeah. Uh, outsiders and being different from other yeah which, which makes sense with the theme of you know fascism rising in italy mm. um it also makes sense with this whole um plot line of like how how um a toy soldier like the one who can't die is the perfect one because oh my human God, beings yeah. are they're great until they die they break. oh you know they yeah. only exist to die they're all gonna die in war and the best soldier is the one who doesn't die um, yeah. but actually, but the thing is like Pinocchio actually, when you think about it, he does die, right? I, lo- I love the way that they, so I, I, I will spoil this, but it was such an interesting idea. <clears throat> it's the idea of he can't die technically, yeah. but every time he dies, he stays dead for longer. So I think the first time he dies, it's like, oh, you're out for about five minutes or something or a few minutes. The next time, double that. Next time, double that. So eventually it's implied it's like he could be out for like years at a time and not wake up. And then eventually he would wake up I think and it's be even, like, well, this is different. I think it's even more than double that. It's like he's, I think at a certain point he's gone for ages, yeah. Um, yeah, the, impl- the implication is that it will get, maybe not, maybe not, maybe it's like squared or something. Yeah. There's no actual the po- math behind The point it. is that yeah, like. The, the image is, it gets worse. The point the is, is that he's not immortal. There, there are consequences no. to it. Yeah. And. Um, it's yeah. an interesting movie that has themes about like mortality, like 
Oh, um, yeah. You know, what you, how long you have to live, how much, what do you do with your life, how, what, what, what should you appreciate yeah. in your life while you have it. Um, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great movie. It's really dark and in, in still in like a way that can teach, you know, good lessons to kids, I feel like. Um, yeah. Explore interesting ideas. I mean, the movie just looks great. I mean, it's so much, it's very clearly a movie that had a lot of um, time and talent, and, like, and talent put yeah. into it. it. It's been like a huge passion project of Guillermo for like years now. For like, yeah, for like, yeah. for like a decade, it, he's been talking yeah. about it or something. Yeah, I think I think it was a case of he was shopping it around to different studios until finally Netflix um, took the took the hook and was like, "Yep, yeah, we can do this." And then, yeah, as a, as a result, incredible looking film and yeah, incredibly well told film with a lot of again interesting ideas. And again, the setting creates even more interesting ideas because it it kind of leans away from the fantasy element in some parts because. Obviously, yeah, talking wooden doll and blue fairies, so to speak. But then, like, the whole idea of boys becoming donkeys is twisted in a very interesting and very dark way, if you really think about it. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, that's fucked, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, great movie. Another great film, just, yeah. Cannot recommend it enough, I think. Alright. Okay, what else is left? Um, I think that's almost every film on my list. Oh, no, no, there's two more, actually, two more. Okay. Okay. There has been a lot of discussion about cinema changing over the years, and they don't mm. make movies like they used to. Uh, and, mm. you know, box office has been declining for years. They don't make movies for the cinema anymore. Lots of movies going to streaming and they made a movie last year, which a lot of people have said, kind of... Sub Steven Spielberg thinks that it saved cinemas. Ah. Tom Cruise saved cinemas. Yes. Yes, yes he did. Yeah, so... I'm so sad I missed this. Yes. Oh. Top Gun Top Gun Maverick. Um, what is there to say about it? It is a, it is a real cinematic experience. It is a real big... Incredible audio visual experience. Yeah. Um, I think that they might put it back into cinemas at some point because it's the kind of movie that I'm hoping they do. Because I really, I, yeah, I I don't regret like because for example, I get I didn't catch the Northman. I didn't catch another movie on this list as well in cinemas. This one, I'm like, I don't think I, this will work if I watch it at home. I think so. I think it would still be good if you watch it at home, but like. What they did with the movie is really, really impressive. Like, they, they have never shot better airplane sequences ever on film. Um, I don't think they will for quite a while. So, mm. this movie looks so realistic and feels so realistic. Like, I, I don't know how they filmed it exactly. I think, like, the, with the cameras, I think probably cameras on the inside, in the in the cockpit, cameras definitely yeah. definitely on the outside. Um, you can really feel the momentum, feel the weight. Mm. Um, every time they make a turn, just the sound of it, like, it is a film that really needs that, like, that big theater experience. Um, because mm. you, you really feel like you're, you're there, like, if you want to say, like, a kind of a generic description of, like, what it feels to be immersed. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's an, an incredible sensational, um, you know, the theater experience. Um, it's a movie that was made to be on the big screen. Because I, I, this movie was actually done ages ago. Th this movie yeah. was meant to come out, I think, in summer 2020. 
Yes. And then they delayed it to 2021, obviously, because, you know, you know, Blover 20 happened, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, that thing that yeah, happened, even yeah. in 2021, it was like there was still some COVID going around. And it was this thing of like, they believed, and Tom Cruise believed in the movie so much that they pushed the studio to be like, we keep delaying until we can see it at max capacity. And oh, wow, it's because yeah. they, the studio believed in it, he believed in it, and they were right. This movie, yes. if they if they dumped this movie on streaming in the middle of, of the pandemic, no, I honestly don't think anyone would. Dude, care. like, I mean, um, it would have been people would have liked it, but like, they would have yes. felt like we were robbed of something. Like, yeah, okay, actually, yeah, that's probably more. It's accurate. what happened. It's what happened when when fucking, I think Dune got. Did Dune get released on? Oh my stream? god! Yeah, it, well, so, I, I, I think so it was glad. like a simultaneous release on on streaming and to, and theaters. But like, if you watch Dune for the first time on streaming, I'm just like, man, you fucking missed out, man. Like, didn't you do that? <laughs> I had to watch the movie. I know. I had, but then that you, was my most. Yeah, then, that was like then we saw it, and I was like, oh. The, the, the best. My my best viewing was the one I saw in cinemas. But yeah, I yeah. had to watch the movie, and it was still a great experience I at know. home. But like. Yeah, like, this is one of those movies, Talk About Maverick as well. Like, you have to see it in um, cinemas. And the movie has killed it at the box office. Like, $1.3, billion or something. It was it was the second highest um, grossing film of the year until Avatar, you know, came in. Because, you know, James yeah. Cameron, yeah. you know, number one, kills everything. He's he, you know, yeah. he, he's, he's the king. Um, but yeah, Top Gun <laughs> Maverick, it's, it's a great movie. But the surprising thing is that it's not just like a great action movie. It's not just a great spectacle film. Um, you know, the movie mm. has heart. It, you know, it really does. Yeah. Um, I've seen the original Top Gun in preparation to watch Top Gun Maverick. I cannot go back in time and relive what it was like back then. Um, but I did yeah. not, I did not enjoy Top Gun. I, I, I've heard everyone who's gone back and rewatched it after or before seeing Maverick went like, man. I don't know what I was on, but that was that was just a fine movie. Yeah, it, it's just okay. Um, there, like the character, he, he, you know, he's a hothead. You know, he's a hothead. You know, hotshot. You know, he's super confident in his abilities. Type of pilot. He gets knocked down a peg throughout the movies. He learns some lessons. He has a romance with like the instructor. You know, some things happen. You know, people die in the movie. Um, you know, the the aerial sequences in that movie, I'm sure were impressive at the time. Yeah. When you look back at it back, look at look at it back now in through a modern lens, like you've seen better things in, in, in other movies yeah. by now, like and probably in, in documentaries or or like recreations oh, yeah. and like simulations and stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah. So I can't really enjoy the original original Top Gun on that wavelength, and I I don't think I cared too much about the story and characters. Top Gun Maverick I think works better, but it it, it is a very simple movie. It is a movie where it's similar to the setup is that um, Tom Cruise's um, character, who his his call sign is Maverick. That's why the movie. That's yeah. why the movie is called Maverick. Um, he gets called in to be the instructor to really like teach these um, these these pilots, these these young pilots who are going on this extremely dangerous mission um, that must be done with you know perfect precision. It's one of the hardest missions conceivable um if you actually yeah. watch the movie and you actually see what the plan is what the thing they're trying to do is like 
Yeah, that sounds extremely difficult. That does sound yeah. kind of impossible. And it, apparently they consulted, like, real fighter pilots and they asked them, oh, what's, like, the most difficult thing you could conceivably do? Like, they didn't ask them, like, realistic missions they had done. They list them, They asked them to come up with, like, a like a virtually impossible scenario and yeah, made it yeah. the plot of their movie. And <laughs> that's what it is. And so this, the stakes are very clear from the beginning. It's a very high-stakes um, mission. And what I really love in this film is that it is extremely clear what is happening. It, like the the mm. the storytelling in terms of like communicating what the audience needs to understand is perfect because there is never a point in that third act where you don't know what is happening. Um, even okay. even if you're just watching a bunch of planes in the sky, you know the mission, you know the order, you know the steps, and you know the complications as well. Because they spend so much time, especially in that second act of the film, where they pretty much drill the mission over and over again, and they just drill it in different ways. And so you know how it's meant to play out. So when it if it happens exactly according to plan in the... In the final act, you don't you don't even need to say it's going according to plan. You can you know what's happening. Yeah. And when things get complicated, like it, you know, things are fucked up. Like it, the stakes are very very clear. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it's a very easy to understand movie, and I think it's very, it's been very successful because it's not complicated. Like it's it's very straightforward classic storytelling. Um, but the movie, yeah. What I meant, what I was trying to say is that the movie has mm-hmm. a lot of heart. Um, mm. it's very much focused on this. I kind of have to spoil the original Top Gun, but like, I don't think you would care, right? Uh, yeah, I don't care. And, and I, to be fair, I think I've had a discussion with someone who you already know. You already know what I'm talking and about. Know what you're referring yeah, to. Yeah. So the centerpiece of the film, the emotional heart of the film, is is Maverick. And and Maverick in the first film he was a co-pilot. You know, his his partner in the plane was this guy named Goose. That, that was his call sign. Yes. He did a risky maneuver. I, th- I think he did a risky maneuver in the first move in the first film, and then it led to an accident which killed Goose. And he has guilt about that. It was about the entire. He had guilt about it in the first film, and it's like that guilt hasn't really gone away in, in Top Gun Maverick. And um, yeah. Goose's son is one of the lead characters in the film, played by Miles Teller. And yes, you know he's this pilot as well, who's also incredibly talented. Who you know got into this program because he's talented but is not being given the opportunities to you know really be like a leading important person in this mission um because tom cruise's um maverick is holding him back and he's holding him back because he Mm. doesn't want him to suffer the same fate as as his dad and it's it's this emotional um it's this really strong emotional heart to the film this relationship between you know this kind of like father son you know kind of representation you know um him looking after his his best friend's son and it's this question of um whether he should be overly protective or whether he should let him fulfill you know his true talent and his you know what he's meant to be what he wants to do with his life whether he should stop coddling him um and they have quite an antagonistic relationship throughout the film and there's a lot of emotional things there's a lot of emotional moments with them it's a really strong connection that they share that really and dizzy to the characters. Um, yeah, the, absolutely. The, the other strong emotional connection about the film is um, it's only one scene um, yeah. with um, Maverick with his rival from the last film, who was the character with the call sign, I believe, Iceman, who was fa- Iceman, famously yeah. played by Val Kilmer. You know anything about Val Kilmer? Um, he has had very significant health issues for the last couple yeah. of decades. I 
what is the kid i forget the exact name of the condition again it's um i i sadly i don't either all i know is i believe it's gotten to the point where he just can't speak he, without he like can't really talk um yeah. i i can't it's I don't, i'm not sure if it's a form of cancer or i you know what i'll just but, check just to be safe but yes um because and this is something that he has in real life and of course yeah, yeah. that very much impedes his ability to act and i'm sure it's why you know he's maybe not like the biggest a-list actor these days you know he hasn't been in a prominent actor for many years because of course you know they having that kind of condition would would limit his the roles he can get and i, I really like the way that they integrate um that into the film like he he is val Kilmer in real life they don't try to pretend that he's not going through health issues in the film but he's still the same person he was in the last one and he's still like at this point um you know maverick's closing closest living friend and they they really have like a um, really emotional um scene together where that not much is said um you know especially because one side can't really talk um yeah but you know you, there's a lot of feelings behind that you can feel the friendship between these two guys and how much they do care about each other um, yeah, yeah, like um, it just just to just to add on, just to add back to that. Yeah, so I believe he doesn't have it anymore. I believe he's actually re- recovered, oh, thankfully. But Val Kilmer had throat cancer. Yeah, that would make sense. And so, and he had, I think he did radiotherapy, chemotherapy, and eventually he had a tracheon, uh, something to do with a tracheotomy. Um, so I think basically what happened was they blasted his throat with radiation, and then they eventually just cut some stuff out. Jesus. So, not really surprising that sadly he has lost his ability to speak um yeah like that sadly yeah he can't speak to the the way that like he was able to before oh um, god i mean there was a movie that came out a few years ago i think it was like val with val kilmer yeah, the... like a few like quite a few years ago i'm not talking oh, okay not, five, not the documentary six years i was thinking of the documentary they made about him no 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 it was like five or six years ago it was like the last role i think he was able to mostly speak in but it's it's pretty clear, sadly, he was losing his ability even by that point. So yeah, it's just some real life tragedy there. But I'm glad I have I heard about that scene, and I'm glad that they approached it with you know, yeah, you they you would hope they would, but the the tact and the I don't know what you'd call it, the compassion I guess for his situation is it, very it's done clear it's done very tastefully. Well done. Um, yeah, tastefully. but yeah, the movie overall it's it's really great. I mean, it's it's one of those things that is different. It's, it's different enough from movies that come out these days. I mean, it's not normal for, like, a non-superhero, or, or rather, like, a, just a non... I mean, it is a big-budget movie, but it's not, like, the biggest yeah. budget. It's not the movie that anyone expected to make a billion dollars. No, it's... People were like, this is the only good... Well, not the only, but this is what legacy sequels should be. Exactly. And that's why I think people really, also really fucking love it. Yeah, them. there's so many movies that come out these, these days that are reboots or sequels of movies from, like, decades ago, yeah. and they're, they're just trying to milk it. Um, they're just, you know, doing the most, you know, terrible nostalgia bait. Um, and this one is quite respectful. It, it, it really elevates its pre its prequel. Yeah, I'll bet. So yeah, yeah. if anything, it, it, it brings it, it make, kind of up. It makes the first one better in hindsight. Um, yeah. And it's it's really the kind of the movie that gets people into cinemas who don't normally go to the theaters. There's a there's Absolutely. a lot of talk about how old people don't go to the movies anymore. Like people over forty, like you know, they don't like what's coming out. They don't like you know the kind of Marvel movies or whatever you know kind of you know sequels and reboots are coming out and. Well, this is a movie that they're more into. It's from more from their generation, and has an an actor, you know, in Tom Cruise that they, you know, grew up watching, and it's really like a uniting of generations. I feel that we have yeah. really, we often don't see with modern blockbusters. 
No, you do kind of see a bit of a split, especially in blockbusters. There's almost like it's it's very telling that like people I work with, I work with a, a range of ages, um, but a lot of the older people w- had uh, had seen Top Gun Maverick in theaters. But if I mention a Marvel movie, they'll just scoff at me, kind of thing like, oh <sighs> that shit. Oh, you, like, yeah, you and kids that's fair. That's stupid, dumb superhero movies. Oh, blah blah blah. Yeah. I mean, in a sense, they're right. This last year of Marvel. I mean, it was yeah, it was wolf. bad this wolf. year, but like they would look yes. at any like you know superhero yes. movie and not like it. No, I I know it's just it's one of those things. Was like, man, I can't even. I think my boss kept asking me. He's like, so how was it? I'm like, I'm not gonna lie to you. It was kind of shit. And he's like, oh, yeah, which movie? <laughs> like, um, uh, I forget which one it was. Doctor Strange. I think it was like. <laughs> Maybe it might have been Doctor Strange. It might have been another All one. Right. Where I was just like, I'm not gonna lie to you, it's not good. It's like if you don't care about these movies, it's it's not worth seeing. And even then, maybe don't see it. Yeah. All right. For another time. <laughs> another time. Eventually, we'll do an episode about it. Oh boy. All right. We're at the point where I'm not gonna randomize. I'm just gonna pick the. I'm just gonna decide the order. Well, there's only like two or three left. There's three now, left. Actually. Okay. Um. Ooh. So a movie we both seen. Um. All Quiet on the Western Front. I mean, it, it's a oh, yeah, yeah, classic. It's a classic um, book. I believe it came out like not that long after the war, like the twenties. It, it came out, I believe, two or three years after the Great War. Yeah, or World War One had ended. Yeah, so All Quiet on the Western Front. If you don't know, not aware, if you can't tell from the title, it's about World mm. War One. It's from the perspective of um, an actual soldier. World War One. I believe it is a German soldier. I mean, he wrote it. it it's pretty it's sure a German it's a, book. Yes, it's a German, German book. book. I think it, the yeah. movie is German as well. Um, Very German. Yeah, and if you know anything about World War One, little history. It's an absolute fucking yeah, shit show. Yeah, a little history lesson here. I mean, it. So I think that most people know this, but like, if you're not from the perspective, if you're from the perspective of someone who like only like listens to like watches World War Two content mm-hmm. or like or just has heard war stories from like I don't know their grandparent or their great grandparent talked about the Great War, like yeah. World War One is like the most cynical. It, it was the OG like war that made people hate war. Well, because that's why it was called the Great War, not because it was seen as like this might be the like people were like this is the war that will end, end all wars, wars yeah. because of just how horrific and like again, yes, yeah, cynical and just it was it was so such a large war. I mean, that's why it was the it was, it's the, it was the World War. It, it just encompassed such a large span of the world um and a lot of what world war one was was just horrible pointless death and and world war two is like a little bit different you can argue that like uh, you know one side at least was was fighting for the right reasons fighting to combat um you know combat genocide you know evil yeah in world war one there's no good guys here i mean this is yeah yeah, like everyone in World War One, at least in terms of the nation states, were there yeah. for dumb geopolitical reasons. Uh, they, yeah. you know, famously Arch Arch um, Duke Ferdinand, Duke who said whose death set it all off. You know, a, a political figure, but like, you know, really? his death causing tens of millions to die. Would you say that it was worth it to avenge that guy? Like, it's it's one of those things where the war was fought. That was the excuse to justify. All of these countries who had geopolitical issues with her, with each other, who wanted e- you wanted new territory that the other ones owned, who wanted resources, who wanted to be like a, a larger global power, just went to war and they sent the young men to die. Yeah, it was like the soft breeze that blew over this stack of dominoes. It's 
Archduke Franz Ferdinand's death is so meaningless in a way to what caused the war because it was really just okay that's an excuse let's go yeah he he's not a super um, important figure like I, I don't think most people can name what country he was from um no. even I, I i forget which one but i think it was eastern europe like it, it was it was a it's, smaller country it wasn't like oh we killed the queen of england like we now we have to yeah no now we have to go to war like no it was just oh the guy who killed that guy is related to someone who's an enemy of our enemy so therefore fuck you yeah kind of thing it's like all that kind of like bullshit of just weird geopolitical this is a and it, this yeah. is a dumb reference but like yeah it's that it's the mr meeseeks episode from rick and morty it really and like oh no he I, yeah. wrote me into this oh no he wrote me into this. you just i seen a meme of that where they just put different flags on every single one yeah, and it makes perfect yeah. sense like like the like it really the does, order it's just like a thing of like yeah, yeah the order of the flag is just like oh that's literally what happened though yeah, it's just like, all right, I'm going to war. All right, you're coming with me. Ah, but no, I'm not going to war. He's supposed to be going to war with me. Ah, but no, yeah. Um, but yeah, what I was um, going to say, yeah, nothing exemplifies the yeah the pointless loss of life over just bullshit. I think better than trench warfare, which is the main thing in this film, because trench warfare was such a pointless, like actual pointless endeavor of just let's move our land a couple of hundred meters, maybe, um, and just the colossal loss of life, the awful conditions they lived, uh, that these men, and often actually boys, really, lived in, and just the, the conditions of, like, the mud, the rain, the mustard gas, if we're gonna get into that, holy yeah. shit, like, actual, like, I only really know this because I did a bit of, like, um, history courses in my life, so I have looked into it. Yeah, World War One is often forgotten, but I it is just such a it was such an awful, awful period in history of just wasting human life. And obviously World War Two is also very similar, but yeah, there's it's so pointless with World War One because there wasn't even like a again the bad guy, so to speak, of the, like Hitler and the Nazis and all they were doing is like you didn't even have that. It was just, yeah, geopolitical machinations yeah. gone, gone awry and awful. And yeah. Anyway, all, movie I feel time. Like, yeah, but All Quiet on the Western Front, I guess to get back to the movie itself, mm. um, it it does really well to exemplify a lot of these mm. ideas that we're talking about. Um, it's very much true to the, to the spirit of the book, which is just shows that, like, war is, is hell, like, and yeah. that... War is not what they make it out to be. Like very much the old, yes. the old people in the movie, the ones who are too old to serve in war. The, these generals and these politicians, um, they're not just like um, sending you know the, these boys off to war. Like they didn't even need to use conscription. At least as far as I understand, there's no conscription. The con- conscription was a th- was a thing, but there was like the way that they romanticized going to war. You almost didn't have to, and you and you had what we see in a lot of these films was people would lie about their age. Yeah, they would be like, "Oh, I'm so ready to go to war. I don't need to be 18 years old. I just want to go." And then, of course, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's weird to understand from a modern perspective, but like a lot of these um, 
kids, like the, these these young men, they very much romanticize the war. They 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 talk about mm-hmm. going off and like they're gonna be heroes. They're gonna like you know they they like the idea. Oh, you know, if I get in combat, it's gonna be so exciting. You know, killing someone and taking you know victory. You know, and like beating these being the French because you know it's told from the German perspective, and yeah, um, there's filthy French. Yeah, like the wet hurting the fatherland. <laughs> the way that they talk about. They, they talk about going off to war and how excited mm. they are. Like, they literally talk about it, like, as if it's, like, an adventure. They're going on a holiday. Yes. And it's like, th- yeah, this is the way that, like, high schoolers talk about when they're going to go to college. I, I honestly, I, this is just a small note. It's not a, it's not actually a spoiler at all. But, like, literally the first scene of our main characters, so to speak, of the four four boys we see go off to war, the way that starts, it's almost like a field trip. It is. It's like, like, oh, my, I didn't get my parents to sign my permission slip. Oh, bro, hold on, I'll fake it for you. It's like, what the fuck? I know. Is like, this? they they're literally so excited. They're having. They're just. Oh. They're just so excited. They they think they're gonna have so much fun. It's genuinely like. It, like maybe not a vacation, but they think it's gonna be like it's gonna be like summer camp. Oh, we're gonna have so much fun. Yeah, exactly. Gonna create so many memories together. Oh, we're gonna be we're gonna come back and be welcomed as heroes. We're gonna get all the chicks, and you know we're, yeah. we're gonna be the coolest guys in town because we're gonna have all these war stories. And they get shut down so quickly. Like I oh, think like, like, like the yeah. first night, one of the friends dies, and yeah, it immediately goes. And to the shit. way he dies, it's like. Oh. Like we were talking about trench war for how pointless, pointless oh it is. God. Like it's it just it must be so demotivating to be a soldier during this time, especially because like that's I've heard I've heard stories of that where it's like P, that's why PTSD and shell shock, as it was called at the time, was such a notable thing in this one because it's like it's just such an awful experience. But like, the thing that like is so horrible um, is not just like the, the death and how horrific the death is. That like you have no agency over it. It's just a bomb. No. Like it's just so it's so far away from you. That, Sometimes yes. you really cannot see it coming. You cannot predict where it's going to land, and it just blows you up, and, or just or just yeah. hits the right part of your trench, and then just collapses on you and kills you. And it, it just yeah. feels so random. There's no sense of justice of who lives or dies, and and that's so clear throughout the film because there are several characters who seem very competent. And, you know, like, they are, like, survivors. That they're, they're, they're good at what they do. They've learned how to be a good soldier. And they just die for the most random of reasons. Um, in, in, I mean, the most famous one is probably... I don't want to say no, it. Don't but, say don't Yeah, say, there's a death later yeah. on. It's like, what? Yeah, ha- okay. there's a death later Jesus. on. And, and, like, once again, I you know what you're talking about. Like, like, the reasons why they were even in that situation, like... Yeah, once again, it's like such pointless. Bullshit. A lot of these, like, a lot oh of these, God. like general was like not just propagandizing these soldiers into thinking they're gonna have like a great time. Like they're literally just doing it, even if they didn't have like that pretense, like to, to convince the soldiers that this is a good thing mm-hmm. they're doing and they should be honored to fight for their for their for their fatherland. It's like they just doing it for their own ego, like ego. They want to rise yeah. up the ranks, and they're literally like trying to like get a name for themselves and like do an impressive job to like get a promotion off of the back of killing hundreds of your own men, yeah. and they all die horrible deaths. I mean, my favorite, um, not favorite, but like my the most notable, yeah, hard to call it favorite, but the yeah. most notable death <laughs> I in the in the movie was one they. They spend like ages on, like minutes on, where yeah. um they get into a close combat situation with this other French soldier, and he 
you know, our main character has to stab him to death. And, except he fails to successfully kill him. Oh my and god, And it's like, yes. and then he's in the situation where, like, he's in the, tr- he's in, not in a trench, he's actually in, like, the, um, the whole he's in, form. Like, like a crater. Yeah, he's he's in the crater yeah. form by, by the bomb- bombardment. And, like, he needs to hide from the soldiers, because, like, like, the French soldier's actually passing through there, and he's in enemy lines, essentially. So, he, yeah. this dying soldier who he tried to stab to death is still alive. And it's like, what the fuck is he gonna do? So he tries to silence the soldier, and he does these all these horrible things to try to silence him. He tries to keep stabbing him, and he tries, he tries literally shoves his throat full of dirt, trying to, like, yeah, stop oh. him from making noise. And it's just this horrible sequence of, like, what people might have to do or what, what they might be pushed to do in war. And the saddest thing is that he actually gains this 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 sympathy and this guilt over the course of the scene, even though he's killed this guy, that, like, yeah. he kind of realizes, like, this guy is no different from me. He, he I think he literally calls him, like, brother at some point. He's some, yeah, he, some he, form of endearment where he, like, realizes, this guy is, like, not my enemy, and I just killed this guy horribly, for this, yeah. what did I do this for? Yeah, and and that's yeah, and that 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 is a perfect kind of not perfect, but that kind of does embody the whole just dour like tone of the film of just like pointless death after pointless death of these yeah these people, and so the realization of like it's for nothing, it means nothing, and by the end of it, you will have nothing from it, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it really yeah, it's, it's just... really one of I feel like it's it's one of the best films to kind of summarize what World War One is about. Um I it yeah. especially stands in stark contrast to another film that was made um not a few only a few years ago, nineteen seventeen, which is about the exact same Oh yeah. It's about the exact yeah. same war. And and I don't think the nineteen seventeen is a bad film. I actually think it's a really great film. But nineteen seventeen mm. is told from the British perspective and ah. and whereas nineteen seventeen is a war film, but all Quiet on the Western Front is an anti-war film. Yeah, that, like, that's the main difference. Like, 1917, not that there's not bad things that happen, not that they don't show that, like, war can be horrible and people die and, and it's very tragic, but it, it has a purpose behind it. Like, ni- yeah. 1917 is, like, a movie that... It, it almost, it convinces you that, like, yes, war is horrible, but, you know, people show heroism in those moments, and people really rise to the occasion and really make something out of their, their lives. And, and, and they accomplish And, you know, something. no matter how horrible it was, you know, you know, you know, it really shows how much the human spirit survives mm. in such a horrible scenario. And it's like, you know... What if it's that? What if it's all just fucked up? What if there was no point? There was yeah. no benefit from being in that war. No. You were lied to as young men, as boys, and a lot of them, a lot of you died because of that. Like, maybe you yeah. gained nothing from the experience. And that's what really what World War One is. Um, another thing they don't point out about World War One, um, that doesn't get talked to enough about, it's fucking boring. Like, um, oh, yeah, I- again. imagine just sitting around in like a tiny space, like, 
It's full of mud. It's wet all the time. You are dirty all the time. You have nothing yeah. to do for fun. You can read a book. You can play cards. Your food is shit. And you can't run and play games, play any sport or anything. Because you can't go outside because you're going to get shot immediately. Immediately. You cannot yeah. do anything like... And you just wait. You wait around because you can't go in there and fight the other guys because it's not time to. It's not safe to. It's not time for a charge. So you just wait. You wait in your your bunker. You wait in your trench to die. Essentially, you wait for the bomb. Yeah. You wait for the bombs to start dropping. Um. You wait for the bombardment, and then you might die. There's a good chance you might die, and you have very little to prevent whether you die or not. And then maybe you get the chance to go into combat, and then you don't even really want maybe. to go in there because you feel bad for the guys you're killing. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible war. Great, great oh. movie. I feel like it. Great movie. I feel like it does a good job. Yeah, great job. You know, really illustrating the main key, what what World War One was really about from a soldier's perspective. Yeah, it's yeah, and, and um, just as this is a side note uh, again, this is a um, uh, we haven't really talked about it that much in this one, but um, the performances in this, oh my god, <laughs> like every like they're just so. Like you can really feel just how awful the whole situation is from the performances of just these. Um, literally, the best way is like again the first scene where you see the boys like going to war. They're so happy. The next time you see them, they're all immediately like, "Oh my fuck, fuck this shit!" <laughs> like immediately, like, "Oh my yeah. god!" And then by the end of the movie, like those that are left are like broken, broken masses of what they completely used to broken. Be. Oh, it's but yeah, incredible movie, just very, very harrowing. Very dour. Anyway, so Anthony, uh, what left? Have, yes. Have you seen the new Jordan Peele movie? No, I haven't seen. No, fuck. <laughs> you just really just. You, I wish you would have said just nope. Yes, oh, I, was, I was trying to set that up. Ah, oh, damn it! I'm a fucking nah, idiot. All right, do it again. Run the joke. Nah, 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 nah. It's too late. Um, but yes, this was a late entry to my list. Um, it's really good. It's um, uh, I I think it might. This is might be sacrilege. I think it might be Ooh. Jordan Peele's best movie. Um, okay. it is really, really good, and I, it's, it's hard to talk about it, because, um, it doesn't really make sense for a lot of people, especially on a first watch, um, very, very okay. famously, like, fucking, like, Logan Paul, like, did, like, a, oh. not, not a review, but, like, he, he tweeted about the movie after he watched it, and he just didn't understand, like, what it was about, or, like, what, yeah. what the movie was trying to say, and everyone kind of roasted him about it, but, like, that's not an uncommon opinion what he has. Okay. Like, nope, in a movie, um, you can kind of get from the trailers what is happening. Um, yeah. But there's a lot more to the movie that they don't really tell you. Um, the, yeah, I assume that's a very Jordan Yeah, the, the basic do. concept of the film is that, you know, it's, it's a UFO setup. You know, they, they yeah, see yeah. something in the sky. They think that there is something hiding in the clouds, in the sky, that is not from this world. Um, there's strange things. Things are disappearing. And, you know, they mm. need to get to the, to the bottom of it. Um, you you kind of know roughly where that's going. And then you'll find out more what that thing actually is. And what it is is actually very yeah. interesting. Um, okay. What, you know, the thing in the sky is, um, that is, I was quite, I think I got more interested once I found out what it actually was. Um, okay. And okay. then, but on a literal level, like it's quite a simple movie. I mean, like you know, they're trying to find evidence of this. You can call it like a UFO. I, I guess that's what they think it is—a UFO. And yeah. you know, 
trying to really prove it exists and then people die in the process because you know <laughs> um no it's hard to do it's hard to hard to yeah you know, take this thing down um but there's a lot of subtext around the movie and it's really subtle mm. subtext the movie actually starts in a really weird way and i think that the fact that the movie starts on this scene makes it clear that like you're meant to be looking at other things beyond like what is literally right. happening like um the the main characters of our film are um, played by Daniel Kaluuya and I believe actor's yep. name Kiki Palmer, um, who, yeah, Kiki who are really Palmer. great. Um, and they play like this um, sibling duo who are like horse some um, horse rangers. Like they like they own a horse. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know ranch. Um, and so ranch, I think is yeah, so like they train horses from movies, and there yes. there are actually like so many different themes going on in this movie. In this movie, because like there is a literal set. There is like a like they they train these horses to be in films um mm. but their relationship with the horses are, are very different from how the horses uh, horses are treated by cinema um yeah i get you mean yeah and another part of the story is that uh, it's a very small part of the backstory was that um you know the footage of the um that that gif you usually see of the guy on the horse right and it's like a it's a grainy yeah. black and white image um i didn't actually notice because i didn't really look at the image that closely but the the jockey on the image is black they're african african-american yes, yes i yes. I, actually, I wasn't even paying that much attention to it but like do you know that guy's name no no one knows his name right and no. in the backstory of the film they're actually descendants of that guy Oh, and, okay, that's and cool. And that's yeah, real yeah. very early on. It's not too much of a spoiler. But there's this yeah. interesting theme about exploitation, about how mm. animals, like, are, and, like, people, potentially, as well, are exploited by Hollywood. They're exploited by media. Um, okay. And Stephen Yoon, who has, like, probably one of the... Probably might have the best role in the whole film. Um, mm. he, it's a smaller role, but he plays, like, this guy who had something really, like, tragic happen to him as a child involving an animal. And, like, it mm. kind of colors his perspective with animals f throughout the rest of the film um, in really interesting ways. And, like... Okay. So, it has all these interesting um, themes about, like, the way that we treat, um, exploit things for our own gain, the way that we take things and, like, try to... We, we contextualize them into, like... Mm. Not just that we, like, um, how we turn them into things for our own benefit, but how we recontextualize past events into things that are easier for us to understand or for better for yeah. us to understand. Um, and how we're kind of obsessed with... We're kind of obsessed with spectacle. Like, we're, express, we're, we're obsessed yes. with, like, strange things happening and bad things yeah. happening. Like, we can't really look away from disaster. Like, that's one of the really interesting hmm. things about what Nope as a film, which is that this UFO kind of thing, um, a lot of people, they can't, like, get away from it. They're, they're kind of obsessed with it. And that's kind of like, and yeah. that's, that, that's their dem demise. Like, they just can't leave it alone. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the movie oh, okay. is, yeah, it's incredibly well shot. I wish I saw it in cinemas. I didn't manage to catch it when it was in cinemas. Um, yeah. but the, the nighttime scenes look great. Um, there's, okay. it's very, very good visual clarity. You can see a lot of what's going on in frame and like very subtly, um, like when you do see glimpses of what's happening, it's like very minor. 
Um, mm. okay, but yeah, and even yeah. better is like the sound design. The sound design is so good in this, like because you can hear the thing as well. But once again, you, okay. the way you hear it is just so subtle; it's really hard to notice. Except, mm. and that's the same for the characters as well. They can barely notice it, and they have to re- pay really close attention to like actually hear clues of like what's happening um okay interesting yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a great film it has a lot of yeah it has just a lot of subtleties to pick up on about ideas that they're exploring in the background of like what the actual narrative is what what the narrative is on on a literal level um yeah and yeah. it it is it's not super scary but like the concept is ugh, really scary I thought the concept was pretty fucked up. Once you actually, oh, once, okay, you, once you actually learn the concept, um, yeah, yeah. So it is, it is definitely a horror movie. Um, but yeah, just another great Jordan Peele horror film. I, I yeah, love everything he's uh, done. I mean, maybe not love everything yeah. he's done, but everything he's done has been pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I still haven't seen Us, um, although I've heard mixed things on that. Us one. is not as good. I think Us is probably the weakest film that Jordan Peele has made. Um, mm. It's. But it's still pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely check out Nope, though. I was going to check it out, and I just didn't have time for it, sadly. Uh, but I'm de- I am actually am probably going to go pick it up and check it out soon, then, because, yeah, it sounds really he's good. He's a talented director. and um, He really is. Uh, yeah, he's made the transition from comedy extremely well, and there's still comedic elements in this film. Like, they're actually pretty oh, lighthearted, yeah. and, like, there's some funny moments in this one. Um, mm. Yeah, Nope. Definitely were a movie worth checking out. Okay. So, are we on to our last movie now? I think I know what it is. <laughs> Who is your favorite fearless hero? Oh, God. Um, fucking movie. <laughs> this fucking movie, holy shit. I, cause, so, just as a little bit of context, I think... I had heard reviews about this, and things were sounding really good, so in our friend group, I was the first one to go see it, and then I'm like, alright, you motherfuckers need to see this movie! <laughs> this movie is not gonna bomb if I have anything to say about it. Watch it! I remember <laughs> And holy I remember shit. when IGN said, it is, the, yes. it is the Logan of, like, animated movies, or Shrek movies, or something. Yeah, it was, it was the Logan for the Shrek uh, series of films or something, they said. And I'm like, what the said. fuck does that mean? <laughs> and then you saw the film, and, like, and you are like, oh, oh! I kind of get it, yeah. This is the Logan of Shrek movies. It's, oh my god. Uh, as always, I'd like to thank Spider-Verse for making studios realize that you can be creative with your animated films. Thank you, Spider-Verse. Because, holy fuck, this gave me so many, oh, just incredible, like, reminders of, like, why I fucking love animation and all the things you can do with it. But also just an incredibly well-told and funny and just creative story. I just, oh, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> it is so oh. good. Um, yeah. I was late to the party. I was... Mm-hmm. I was hung up on whether to see it before watching the first movie because I haven't heard no. good things about the first movie and I just... It's mid as fuck. Yeah, and I'm just <laughs> like, you know what, fuck it, I'll just go into it blind. Uh, I glad I ended up seeing it as, and, and in theaters, I saw I supported the movie financially and everything. Oh. Um, this movie has everything. Yes. It, it is, it is it really, really good at, like, everything. Yeah. Like, it, it's... 
Uh, oh. I, it, it was surprising because even with the good, even, yeah. e- honestly, even with the really great reviews, even with everyone saying how good it was, it was better than I expected. No, I don't know how that's possible. Because, uh, and the other way I knew that this film was, it might be my favorite film of last year. I still don't know. It's, it's, it, I feel it like is it actually must be. up there. I'm shocked how high it is on my list. It's, 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 at the very least, it's in my top three. Um, but in terms, the way I look at it is, there are other films I've talked about on this list that, like, I walked out of them going, I liked it, but I had some issues. Or, the only one I can probably maybe not say that for is Everything Everywhere All at Once, where I didn't, I didn't leave that going, I have some issues, but otherwise I'm happy. Um, or there was one other movie, but I can't remember which one it would have been. But this movie... I struggled to think of things I didn't like. Is every time I'm like, what about this? No, no, I loved that. That was incredible. And then I'm like, what about this character? No, they were great. It's, it's so it's good. Like this I mean, film is incredible. Starting with the animation, um, as oh. you said, Spider Verse really paved the way. I'm so glad that it, that happened because, like, can yeah. I just say, um, 2D has been dead for ages, and I've I have I have always preferred 2D animation over 3D. Because I don't think yeah. that the 3D animation, generally speaking, is as interesting. But if more 3D movies look like this and look like Spider-Verse, then I would I would love to see like animated movies all the time. I mean, I still like watching animated movies, but yeah, you, you want this to be the norm, not like whatever well, generic yeah, shit you say. Because the issue with a lot of, even the best, even like the some of the best like Pixar, DreamWorks, whoever has done, the animation style is usually just realism. Or it's sort of realism, or the characters are just just generic cartoon, generic cartoon look. animal, anthropomorphic animal. Whereas this, like, they there is detail, and there's obviously a lot of effort put into it, but they didn't go for realism. His eyes are people have noticed. People have noted his eyes are actually bigger and more like a brighter green than any of his other films. His fur doesn't have that kind of singular hair like what a real cat looks like. It's sort of like push together and there are only like a little bit of like small strands sticking out it's intentionally going for a more animated so to speak look so it's and so it's more stylized sorry it's going for a very stylized look which i fucking love because it makes everything in this film just look so much better it looks like a, it looks like um like a storybook it does, and, and that and that yes. fits the the Shrek universe because it's literally it does, like the yeah. Shrek at least the first one I don't remember the sequels do they they literally like they narrate the film or like they narrate the intro as a storybook uh, and all so all the good Shrek films begin with yeah that. so it's good if they um yeah the this style I could see translating well to you know a Shrek five and hopefully we get that that's and yeah I, and they do hint which, that we get uh, that um, oh my god bro. <laughs> We better get that. that I'm actually surprised we haven't. We'll, we'll get to that. Surprised we haven't gone, considering how much of a meme Shrek has become. Um, the sh- no, but like, uh, just just as a side note, when like they there was like a bit in this film where they show like Puss's life, and one of the scenes is Shrek, Donkey, and Puss together. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute. But it's like, and then it's it's literally a Lion King reference as well. Yeah, no, that was also a great bit of like, ha. <laughs> but then also. The way the fi- I don't know if it's a post I don't know if it was a no it was a post credit scene actually where it's like wait what's Puss doing on his adventures now it's like I'm gonna go visit some old friends you see far far away it's like the SCU is real yeah I know it it has that like you know setting up the sequel kind of bait but like it's good uh, like um. 
but no, it was actually incredible. Yeah. I was like, yes, more. Okay, so like animation wise, like <laughs> there the from the very first scene of the movie, I'm like, man, this movie is fucking anime as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like bro. there was literally like the specific moment where puss is like running towards like the giant like golem oh, yeah. thing across yeah. the rooftops and i'm like this is that attack on titan scene like if you've seen well, literally like the way he like sw- like the the giant swings the shit yeah around, like, I'm like the giant just attack on titan <laughs> but not just the giant swinging shit but like just the the speed of his movement the yes. way the camera like like, uh, his pans behind him and is, like, kind of switching directions. Like, they communicate so much speed and movement mm-hmm. with that. Like, it is so expressive. Like, the final battle yes. is so good. Like, oh yeah, God. like, every every scene in this movie looks so good. Um, yeah, even, like, scenes without a lot of action, just because, again, the style of the film is so, I guess, not unique, but it's very different from what fucking any other Shrek movie or even a lot of DreamWorks movies look like, it's just such a unique look so you can tell there's a lot more going on just visually so there's a lot to grab onto there. Yeah, but, you know, a movie's nothing without, you know, a good story and characters and this was, like, shockingly, like, a, a good Holy story. Shit. Like, um, because they take Puss in Boots and, like, honestly, I have no idea what the first Puss in Boots no. is about. I assume it's just, it's just not like, very just good an origin story. <laughs> so I'm wondering, like... It's kind of an origin story. It's bad. Yeah, so I'm wondering, like, what do you even make a Puss in Boots sequel about? And then I just thought, mm. and then when they, they, I heard the concept, I'm like, oh, cats have nine lives. He's down to his, mm-hmm. n- his last Ooh. life. What does that mean for a character? Mean. And yeah. I'm like, that's such an interesting concept, because, like... And they do a lot Yeah, because, like, I mean, it's one thing if it's, like, just a cat. Like, what does a cat think of his lives? But if you're, like, an adventurer, you're a hero who is constantly, um, you know, getting in danger and getting out of it with the skin of your teeth, or you you literally, in Puss's case, mm. die, but you still survive, like, what does it mean yeah. to no longer be able to, to handle that risk and that you could yeah. be on your last life, you could actually die? Um, it, mm. it, it it raises all these interesting, like, philosophical questions for him that, like, is surprisingly mature for a fucking animated yeah. DreamWorks movie. Like, it, it, and what's, but what's weird is, well, not weird, I, I shouldn't say that because it doesn't, it's not weird, but it's, it's great. It actually handles it incredibly well because it knows how to balance the, like, the comedy of the situation or with, like, the actual very real drama and concept of the situation of yeah he's he will die here and what does that mean for again yeah as you say like an adventurer who lives life on the edge it's like oh well suddenly that edge is looking way fucking worse man yeah um it's like yeah i mean puss in boots is great in this movie antonio banderas is great it's so weird because like a lot of voice actors that kind of folded in but Antonio Banderas just likes being Puss in Boots. Like, he really like, does. He, he puts passion into this performance. Like, I mean, he fucking sings in this movie. It's a, there's a great song, as we just got as I was oh. singing this earlier. Um, yeah. Like, he, he has so much bravado in his performance. And Puss is just such a likable character. You, you just really want to root for him. I, I remember him being really good in Shrek, but I don't remember liking yeah. him this much. No, he's incredibly likable because, yeah, you obviously you root for him because, like, yeah, he's such a fun, charismatic character who, like, especially early on, is, like, in full control. He's like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I have nothing to fear. I'm doing great. Um, but then as he goes along, you you come along for the idea of, like, his struggle to maintain 
not relevance, that's the wrong term, but like to maintain his idea of himself of I am this hero if I if I have nothing if I can't be a fearless hero who can live life on the edge, what am yeah. I? I'm just a cat. I, I love that he loses his sword. It's like it's kind of the thing like right. you know what happened with Thor Ragnarok, you know, he loses your hammer. Yeah. What are you without your weapon? And that's interesting though, you know, he actually has to like go without, you know, his combat ability for a while like who am i if yeah. i'm not a amazing dashing swordsman pretty much yeah um, it's, and it's such a great way to just yeah visually show that as well yeah and like i really like i really like that in order to communicate these ideas of mortality that they introduce one of the best oh one God. of the best characters oh. one of the okay no, no, i'm not going to say it because i i can't actually think of a better one the best animated villain of the of at least the last decade yeah incredible like Death is death. Like death. I, mean, I guess that's. I feel like everyone kind of knows that at this, at this point. I I knew it going in, but it's it, the fact that it's like no, I'm literally. I dead. I knew that going like, in as yeah. well, but he is so good. Like he yeah. Like there is so much personality oozing from him in every aspect. Just the character design yeah. alone. As soon as I saw the character design, because I don't think he saw him too much in the trailer. It, it, you saw him once or twice. Yeah. They tried not to focus on him. But like, on him once too I much. saw the character design because the movie people had seen the movie and they're talking about how good it was, and I saw the character design. Yeah. I'm like, that's a great fucking villain character design. Like, yeah, like a white wolf, and his eyes like, are whatever. just blood red, and he's red, he has and yeah. he has these sickles, these dual like sights, and it's yeah. just like he's menacing. He he oozes like he creates fear just like by his design. Oh yeah. And the performance, vocal performance, is so is oh really God, great. He's, he's not like super. It's hard to say. It's really describe, but like there's a menace to his voice while being playful. There's yeah. There's this inherent like, this guy is going to fucking kill you. Yeah. And he's cool with that as well. Like there's no there's no like hesitation of like like anything. It's like no, I'm gonna kill you. So just fucking, like, die already, kind of I, I like the idea that he just feels so inevitable. Like, he follows Puss throughout the film, um, and mm. this is, like, this thing that haunts him where he's like, I am literally running from death. I, ha- I have to run from death, otherwise he's going to mm. take me. And the idea that, like, I guess Puss, Puss has thought of himself as, like, as kind of like an invincible hero throughout, throughout his life, and now this is the, yeah. the one thing that all of us, we cannot run from. Like, we have to face at some, death. At yeah. some point. And it's like overcoming that fear is kind of like the message of the film, like enjoying life and overcoming the fear, even the, knowing that you have to face your maker at some point, you face you face death at some point. It, it's a yeah. good message to, to take on just in general. And Oh, and I just... Uh... Like the, just a small note, like the the two fights they have, the two main fights are incredible. Yeah. Where it's like you, I love the like the callback of pick it up. That was like oh, oh yeah that incredible. bit yeah. And I was like because yeah you could feel that like especially like I like the way it's presented when Death does it because it's the idea of he's like hurry up come on do it we're, we're supposed to be you're, you're not running from me pick it up and like yeah. keep fighting me. Whereas when Puss does it, it's obviously the reverse of, like, I'm ready to fight you, let's keep fighting. And it's like, okay, I love that shit. I, I love that he even has, like, a theme. He has, like, a visual theme. Oh, yeah, and the, the, whistle yeah, the sound, yeah, an audio theme. Like, that's like, mm. yeah, like, every time you hear that, you know he's coming, and it's really, it's always great. Yeah, you hear the whistle, oh, and you're like, It's, like, Fuck. so scary, man. Um, I'm surprised how much that I liked the supporting characters. Yeah, I, I honestly... That was the biggest surprise. I said this... 
I said this going into the movie when I saw it with my wife, and I think when I talked to other people, I was like, look, I think this movie's going to be great, but man, that, like, dog side character, I think they're going to fucking blow this movie. They're, like, incredible. The dog, is, the dog is great. I mean, they're so likable. They have so much energy. It's, like, it's yeah. one thing, it's, like, if you tune that comedy or, like, that, you know, sweetness yeah. too, like, one way in this, but in a certain direction is just too much and you just don't care about the character. You're just kind of annoying. Yeah. But, like, he's just right in that middle ground where he's just, like, the sweetest little dog. And... I, I, I think it, yeah, I think it helps that everyone around them is so cynical. Yeah, like... And just kind of, like, no, not mean. Like, like, like no, no one finds him cute, even though he's so obviously such this, this cute, sweet dog. Like, no and one else loves him. positivity. Yeah. It's, like, and, like, he has this tragic oh backstory which is yeah that was holy shit like, like in the theater there was like an audible like oh yeah it's just oh. like it's so dark when he says it so happily i'm like jesus they put that in a kid's movie and then they oh there's oh there's a lot of things they put in this kid's movie where i'm like fuck you yeah, yeah. um he's like, great so um i love goldilocks and the three bears yeah i didn't even they, oh my i didn't God. even know they were in this movie like that was the one thing no that was the one thing nobody was talking about like when they were praising this movie and i went i'm like I really like them, like, because, like, they're kind of, like, there's almost, like, three different, there's kind of, like, three different factions, essentially, about the movie, and, like, they're one yeah. of them, and, like, anytime they cut away, cut away from, like, you know, Puss in Boots, and they cut to the bears, like, I actually really like the bears. They're all, they're, yeah, exactly. they're all played by actors by I kind of like, I think, um, Goldilocks is, uh, Florence Pugh, and Florence the, Pugh. The, the, the mama bear is Olivia... Col- Coleman and like they have a really great time. Like, I love that they made them British. Um, yeah, the in it. It's <laughs> they so much just in they it. just sound so silly and they're just and so I just cute. Oh. and I, I love that they're they're like because obviously you can kind of tell right away. But I'm, it was you, very well. You can handled, tell the character, the found family. Yes. Yeah, the found family shit. I was like, oh, but I, I don't, I don't care. Heart. Like it worked. No, it, I love Somehow it worked for me. Like it was earnest. No, exactly. They, oh. No, it, but that's what I mean. It's like that. It's not played cynically. It's not like over or underplayed. It's actually played just right. Of like, no, yeah, this found family. Yeah, it's oh, they, they it's played so it completely straight. I I just loved like just visually all the visual comedy they do with Goldilocks mm. and the Three Bears. I in general I like the idea that Goldilocks being like an adoptive daughter of the, of the Three yeah, Bears, which is like idea. a fun twist on, on the fairy tale. Um, and yeah, they were so good every time they were on screen. I was really you know really easy to root for characters. Oh, easy. Um, uh, they was just speaking of fun twists on fairy tales. Oh no, I'll let you. I mean, you you were talking about them, yeah. Yes, um, I didn't know he was in this. No, I didn't know he was in this movie either. Oh my god! Like when he when he showed up, I'm like, that's a funny character design. And then he started talking. I'm like, oh, it's just his voice. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And just like he's such an awful human being, and he's so funny. The to thing watch is, the entire time. so much of the talk after the movie was so concentrated on how amazing of a, of a villain. Yeah. Death was, but like Jack Horner is actually a oh really great villain as well, because like he's he's just this yeah, he's a great oh. comedic villain because he doesn't need to yes. be um too serious and they don't, but he, they just make him evil. Like there's he's just so there's evil. There's no redeeming qualities to him. I I 
I mean, that, that's, uh, that is the meme. I'm glad this became a meme of the movie. It's, first of all, Jiminy Cricket just being Jimmy Stewart from It's a Wonderful Life fucking killed me. Yeah, the movie. I love that. Because that's what they were going for. Where it's like the, oh, I'm your, I'm your conscience. I love that whole character. Oh, I'm your conscience. Oh, I see the good in you. <laughs> and, then, and then it's like he slowly realizes, like, no, you're a monster. Yeah, you're, you're, you're an unredeemable monster. I'm like, well, it took you long enough. <laughs> Oh yeah, I love, I love that the face started like, oh, oh, it took you long enough, idiot, yeah. and flicks him. And it's just like, <laughs> but also just like the he's... way, what does he say? I forget what he says where he's like, I care a lot about my men. They're the ones holding me up right now. Yeah. And he's like walking on their back. He's so unredeemably bad. Like, I, I oh, love that God. like, sometimes a villain works oh. where you just give them no redeeming qualities. Like he is not, yeah. there's no sympathy for him. There's no backstory, tragic backstory. There's no like complexity. He's just and no. he's just a dickhead, and he's so funny. He's just an absolute evil dickhead. He's so funny. Just, it, it, oh. it shouldn't it shouldn't be as funny as it is, but it just keep he he just keeps doing shit, and you're like, wow, there there's nothing. He just keeps doing yeah. it. Okay, <laughs> it just keeps being funny. Like where it's just like he has his men, and he's like starts shooting them by accident. He's like, eh, e- whatever. Every time they like, cut away to him, I just know there's some A plus jokes coming out. Like he, oh my he's God. probably the funniest character in the movie. Like, like, like that's where I feel like oh, the yeah. best jokes come from. And it's just like it's so good to see that from your villain. Like, you know, yeah. like, and because he he is the real sort of threat, so to speak, compared to Death. Where Death is more of a threat for um for puss personally, puss yeah. But, like, Jack Horner is the big threat for everyone. Yeah. Like, what yeah. what really impressed me about this movie is that I think it, it is expertly constructed. It, it is mm. so well balanced in terms of, like, all these different plot beats, character arcs, themes. Like, it, it is all really well done. And I'm saying this about a fucking Puss in Boots movie. So I know, so, it's it, so It sounds weird. ridiculous. It sounds like you're, you're you're praising something that's, like, really not much a shallow movie. But it's not. It's really well done. Because, like, they, they're really able to, like, they're really able to achieve this because, like, they know what each character needs to be, and they don't make mm. them more or less. Like, like, cause, cause I'm yes. trying to think of like other movies I've seen where I'm like, every single character was well used and and yeah. got the exact amount of right of screen time. Cause I'm like, there's always a character I'm like that character needed way more screen time, or that character's overstayed their welcome. I didn't feel that here because everyone had their role. It's like. It's it's yeah. like death is like the standout of the villain, but he's not in the movie that much because he doesn't need to be because he's like an ex- no, and that's kind of what it yeah, works. He's an, yeah, he's an he's an existential force. He is like the villain of Puss's personal story, but we don't need to explore Puss's personal story twenty four seven like ninety percent of the film. Like we still have a plot to get through, and then you, so you yeah. have Jack Horner like moving forward the plot. And, well, he's, like, just a dumb, like, evil bad guy. Oh, well, people complain, like, oh, there's no nuance to the character, there's generic baddie. Well, Death is the interesting character here. He can just, yeah. Jack Horner can just be the, the stupid bad guy. Like, like he, he yeah. could be, like, a henchman in, an, in another movie, like, um, yes. with how, like, you know, big and, big and dummy he is. Like, um, and yeah, he... but you also have, like, the... Goldilocks and the Three Bears being an antagonistic force, but we're also kind of rooting for yeah. them. It's like we kind of do want them to, you know, be happy and end up well. Every every character works. Like the action, mm-hmm. the comedy, 
like the drama like none of the emotional high uh, moments none of like the themes mm. of the movie like nothing works in conflict with each other everything works no. well together like i'm really shocked this movie exists it's it's kind of incredible because the the last dreamworks film that came out i think it was actually this year as well was the bad guys now that's not a great film but obviously, it has the same. It has a. It has a very, very different visual style. It, it also went for a very, very animated, very like children's book. I would say, sort of visual style, um, and I think that also helped. Well, uh, you know, with production pipeline, that's not how any of that works. But you can tell that I think DreamWorks is like, like everyone, starting to realize, hey, we should be doing more creative things visually, with uh, visually with our films, but also kind of bringing up the storytelling to actually you know tell a good story like I, I, I'm, really I, push your character. i'm really shocked that this came not just from dream not from dreamworks specifically because dreamworks has made great movies but came from but it came from this franchise because even shrek even, yeah. even though shrek is their flagship franchise and has made many great well, not many it's made two great movies um two you know amazing movies they're still they still yeah. work primarily as comedies and they're not too yes. emotional and a lot of it is just the strength of the satire the strength of how mm. well it parodies fairy tales and par- parodies hollywood culture that's kind of stuff like poison boots i'm yeah. surprised how well it works as a just a mature like story for like this character um yeah because even like so, so just interrupt yeah. like even other really great dreamworks films like your kung fu pandas and your how to train your dragons it's a, even different from those is which is weird like i expect um maturity from how to train your dragon as a franchise yeah um I think even without seeing the final movie, like, if you just watch trails or something, it feels like there might be a bit more mature. I feel like this mm. is the biggest surprise hit that the DreamWorks has yes. made since Kung Fu Panda. In, in, yeah. terms, Which, in, ter- in terms of, like, a concept, in terms of, like, a concept where people hear the movie is announced and no one thinks it's going to be good and they blow no. it all expectations, this is the biggest surprise since Kung Fu Panda 1. Yeah, pretty. M- I, 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 yeah, I think I agree because even I, as a kid, was like Kung Fu Panda. That's a exactly. Dumb Everyone goes in that movie like Jack Black as a panda. panda. This is gonna be the stupidest movie you've seen. Yeah, and then it's like crying. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my feelings. Uh, and then like on, on that note, they announced a Kung Fu Panda four, and I was not looking forward to it initially. And now I'm like. You might do a good one here, DreamWorks. I, I feel, I feel like up. it could be good, it could not be. It just depends on what talent they get behind yeah. it and what story they want to tell. But, but like, it's so well. weird how DreamWorks is like, they show so much potential that they can write these, um, they so can write these amazing stories with amazing animation. And then they're like, you guys want to see Trolls too? You want to see Boss, the bass boss baby? baby too? Yeah. Ooh. It's so weird but, seeing that, that DreamWorks intro with all the famous movies. Oh, yeah. And, like, you see these amazing... Yeah, Shrek, oh, How yeah, to Train Boss Dragon. Baby. And then fucking Boss Baby comes and ruins it. Yeah, oh, yeah, the Boss Baby. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah, that is the same company that made both of these movies. Oh, yeah. it's DreamWorks is DreamWorks is such an interesting beast of an animation studio. Because it's like some of, the, some of my favorite animated films of all time are the fucking trash. <laughs> it's weird. Because, like, I know that... I know that, like overall like studios like the big five studios who make like you know dozens of movies every year they they make yeah. some movies which are clearly driven by passion passionate writers and directors and then the other yeah. movies are very obviously just really bad cash grabs like you know the, they yeah. worked out that this you know ip might be profitable and they just hire some hack writers to do it 
Um, but like Disney and Pixar, like um, no matter if you don't like some of the worst movies, I don't think they've made a movie which is just this is a cash grab movie. Yeah, for, for the most part. But yeah, for the, for the, I was about to say I don't know. The, or maybe Lightyear. I depends, haven't I haven't depends. seen Lightyear, but um, but yeah, the, for the yeah. most part, I feel like most of the movies are stories that they want to tell, even if some of those stories aren't very good. DreamWorks is a studio. Yeah. I'm like. They literally have two different columns. Like, you know which mm. movies are the cash grabs and which movies are the ones that uh, uh, people actually cared about internally. They give a shit about, yeah. yeah. And, like, it's just so obvious what is the resources and talent is being spent towards. For, yeah, no, absolutely. But, yeah, no, I think... Uh, we've talked so much about this movie and I'm still like, I don't know if there's more I could talk about. I don't about, think this... It's like, I think we've kind of covered uh, most of it. I mean... It's a great movie. I'm still so shocked how good it was, how high it is on my I list. Know. Um, it's the best, it's definitely the best animated film I've seen since Spider-Verse. Yeah. I mean... Not even I a don't, question. I, I might like it better than Spider-Verse. I would have to rewatch Spider-Verse to I, see. I think it is, I, I, I think I like Spider-Verse a bit better, Spider-verse but I think this is, is a much yeah. better... Sp- this is a much more, this is just a bit more solid of Spider-verse a movie. Spider-Verse is one of, my, one of your favorite sense. movies ever, right? Spider-Verse is maybe my favorite Western animated film ever. Um, definitely my favorite uh, 3D Western animated film ever. I think the only thing is, while I love Spider-Verse, there are, because you brought this up, where it's like, there are some characters and there's some small plot points where I'm like, maybe you could have developed that a little bit more or removed something else to make it a bit better. I can't say that with Puss in Boots, so it's like, by that logic, this is a better made film than one of my favorite films of all time. Puss in Boots so is fucking wild. I, I, I was thinking about it after I was watching the movie. And I was thinking about, like, yeah. where, where is this in my animated movie hierarchy? Where is this in my DreamWorks hierarchy? And I looked at, it's definitely, I think, number... I think it might be number one on It DreamWorks. might be. Oh, no, it, it can't be. It, it, it can't might be number one. It's so close. Because I was looking at the to- at my top ones. Ugh. I was looking at, like, How to Train Your Dragon. I was looking at Shrek 2... Um, Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda 1. Yeah, and I'm like, these are all great movies. Um, Kung Fu Panda 2 and How to Train Your Dragon 2 are the also only one, very good. The only one that kind of gives, the only one that kind of gives it like a bit of like, maybe not is, The Prince of Egypt's always Prince there. of Egypt, I, I think I actually have those in my top two currently. I, it's yeah. been a long time since I've seen some of those other DreamWorks movies. I'll need to rewatch them. Yeah. But like, the fact that like, this movie has got even in the top three was crazy. Yeah, like again, if you told me the sequel to the spin-off movie top two and one of your favorite films yeah. of 2020 maybe one of your favorite just uh animated films just period is like i, I don't i don't i don't i haven't made a about? proper favorite animated films list but i'm like mm. i'm trying to think like is this in my top 10 and i'm like i don't know if it, it i don't know if be. it is but like i can't confidently say off the top of my head that it no, isn't exactly like that's the thing i need i need to think about it and then it will probably be somewhere if a top 20 it's somewhere in there like it's about to say definitely like, top it, is, 20. it is so fucking good this movie holy shit yeah oh my I'm god i'm still just so shocked Incredible. this movie's good yeah it's it is it, again it's just yeah i that's the best way to describe it it's shocking you watch it and you're like why is this so good what the fuck where did this come from and it's like who directed this? It's like the guy who directed the Croods too. It's like what the fuck right, do you now, mean the guy who directed the Croods too? I didn't watch the Croods too. I haven't seen it. Apparently, it's like fuck. Okay, maybe some that people was a secret some gem people and we said it was good. It. I mean, I didn't get like huge buzz, but like you know, it got like some people saying like, oh, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. So maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, it's like I don't. Maybe I don't know, man. It's like fucking hell. But oh my yeah. god. Um, I think twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Great year. Great man. year in movies. Um. So many great movies um, came Ooh. out. Um, 
And we haven't even talked about a bunch of them. Like, that's the thing. This is just ours. Yeah. There's a fuck ton um, more we real could have quick, had. I have no idea. I'm, I, don't, I don't even have... I don't, yeah, I'll let you I don't do have time to talk about thing. them, too. I don't even know how to say much about them, but... Um, Maybe just as a... Yeah. Just a... Honorable mentions. Yeah, honorable mentions. Lots of great movies. Um, I had... Uh, Triangle of Sadness. Oh my god, that's a great Ooh. fucking movie. Um, uh, just really simply, it's a, it's a social satire about the rich. Um, it's kind of you know very much a lot of the same themes as like Glass Onion, kind of parodying the rich. Um, but yeah, really interesting structure. Really so okay. really f- hilarious moments. Um, really okay. interesting I- ideas of what it, they kind of say about rich people. Um, the menu <laughs> also kind of about rich people. Um, oh yeah, rich menu is also very similar to Glass Onion. It's kind of like um. It's not a murder mystery, but it's like it's not a mystery even. I would say social commentary. It's a social, about, it's a social yeah. commentary thriller about a commentary about the rich, or not just about the rich, but like art culture in general. Uh, about ah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. fine dining culture yeah. in general and how superficial it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. can be and stuff like that. Um, the Fab- okay. Fablemans, um, awesome yeah. movie. Uh, not awesome movie. I, I, that's not the word I would use to describe it. It's an emotional movie. It's Steven. It's an emotional movie. Steven Spielberg telling his life story. I'm surprised by some of the events that happened in this movie. I, I didn't know that thing about Steven Spielberg. Um, it, yeah. It, it is very sappy. <laughs> it is very emotional. You have to be in. But that makes sense. You have to go into it wanting to see like a sappy um, movie. Yeah. Like, um, but that's okay because it fucking bombed harder yeah, than Yeah, I'm kind of sad it bombed. Um, Holy shit. It's not an amazing movie, <laughs> but I'm... I'm really glad that he made it. Um, yeah, it it is a movie that like rekindles your kind of passion for filmmaking because it is it's very okay. much about Steven Spielberg's own relationship with filmmaking and and why he got into it. Um, so yeah, yeah, those are great. It's it sounds very interesting, but yeah, sadly just bombed fucking so. Hard. Yeah, oh, that are great. That those are great movies. Um, I think I'll probably cut it off there. That's all I wanted to talk about. Okay, yeah, no, that's fair. So yeah, this has been our list of yeah our favorite movies that came out in the last year with some honorable mentions. Um. Uh, I was just going to say, I think you mentioned to me off-camera or off-video or off-podcast, whatever, that you have an idea for our next uh, podcast. We usually end talking about that, but then it never comes true. But maybe this time it will, because you seem really determined. So there's been a lot of talk for the last year, maybe the last year and a half, about Marvel Phase 4. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the last time we did a... Last time we talked about Marvel was probably like the Spider-Man episode, and that was over a year ago, and I think we recapped our thoughts on the other... 2021 at that point mo- things were mo- okay uh, were they okay i mean movies and tv shows Spider- spider-man was like this we is were a coming right we were coming off of a high and that mm. high was following a year of like not great stuff it's true it's so true. like a lot of my a be- lot of yeah. my thoughts back then have not mm. changed i would say they have been emboldened I'm about to say maybe worse. Yes, and I feel like more people have just come around to like agreeing with those thoughts. I don't remember what I said, but like the MCU was like like the the, the second episode we ever recorded. That was before yes. like when when WandaVision came out. It was like one of the that was just when WandaVision. I think WandaVision had either finished yes. or Falcon and Winter Soldier was yes. just starting. One so of the there other. were no other TV shows. There was only like one, maybe like one and a half TV shows in, and there was no movies out. We had seen nothing. Yeah. And I don't remember my exact wording, but I said they're gonna spread themselves thin with um mm-hmm. these projects, and the state that Marvel is in in terms of a franchise and where it's going and the quality of stuff that's coming out is like it's not good, and I want to talk about it. 
in the words of in the words of one Slimphony Jim Tano, it's not good. Um, and this is primarily I, I this is primarily yeah. motivated by the last movie I just saw, Ant Man and Quantumania, Qu- oh, which I have a lot of thoughts now, on. I, I yeah. Um, I I think I think I'll just have to see that movie now. Um, I think it, you should. I, I think. I, I, I'm not. You I'm not going to say. You know, you know what state we're in. What? You know what state we're in. My. I think I brought this up. Where it's like the reason I. I see the Marvel movies with my wife, and I watch a lot of the Marvel products with my wife and my friends. I asked her genuinely, "Do you want to see it?" And she said, "No." <laughs> and I'm like, "That is fair. Yeah. That is a fair choice to make, yeah, honey." I. I think. I'll be honest. I kind of don't either. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to say it's oh. worth watching because that's. I don't actually think that's true. Um. But but, but I think, I think that true. you should watch it for the sake of talking about it. Um, yeah, I've also got to catch up on a few of the things I missed. Some other, I still haven't some seen other Marvel stuff. Miss Marvel, I haven't seen Miss Marvel, um, and then I do want to watch Werewolf by Night because at least that looks different. Yeah, <laughs> I might watch it. Um, but but I think other than that, I'm all caught up. Uh, I think we could also maybe talk about DC. We haven't we've done like a we haven't done a DC episode since like Zack Snyder's Justice League. I don't think. No, no, no Bat- the Batman. That's not DC. That's we not DC EU. I guess. But has what has come out in the DCEU since then? Not much. Oh, I guess the the, the slate has changed. Did we talk about Suicide so Squad? Yeah, I think we a little, did. A, we did a little bit in the Peacemaker one. Um, I think we did. I think we. Yeah. I think oh, we, we didn't talk. We, we didn't did talk like about the biggest of... power shift in the DC universe. <gasps> oh, yes, our favorite movie, yeah. Black Adam. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think maybe just because of James Gunn's announcements, what's happening with that universe, it might be. Yeah. Yeah, we maybe just do like a superhero comic book episode i don't actually think i have that much to say maybe it it might be less than two hours but um yeah it'll be a lot of us being like i just want to get certain things off my chest um yeah another episode we're going to do in the future though um the show that everyone's talking about right now as as while we're recording this the best video game adaptation ever made i mean it's fair to say that already Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think it's i don't think it has any competition competition. yeah the lot the lot we're finally going to talk about the last of us um Hopefully, Jaden will have played uh, part two, so that way um, it'll just be free people. Because we'll have a we'll have a guest for that episode. It'll just be free people butting heads about what we think about that game. Yeah, that'll be fun. Because <laughs> I have a thing. All right, cool. That's been that's been another episode. All right, See All right. thanks everyone for listening. Have a good one. Take care.